次の放送は晩による万能ための万能中ポッドキャルチアポッドキャストでこの番組はグランドスパンダーやりくの財布の敵を日程送ります Welcome back to another Henshintastic Transformerific episode of Fanholes Toku Thursdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined by two, count them two, of my fellow Fanholes, and we have two, count them two, special guests. So, hey, everybody, why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, this is Justin. Or a Sanjo. Hey guys, this is Tony. And I was really excited to watch Common Rider X Kingdom Hearts. We did watch that. That's 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 what I think I watched. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Luke Giaconetti. It's showtime. 
Hey, everybody, this is John Vanover, and I might be played by my stuntman in this film. Another John has, has entered the building. All right. So, so yeah, this is, this is something that, that we've been talking about and working towards for a little while now. And we are going to be talking about the feature film release of Common Rider Heisei Generations Forever. And this is a feature film that had the release date of December 22nd, 2018 in Japan. It's recently gotten some fan subs. And I kind of reached out to a lot of our folks that have been guests on this show to see if we could get everybody together and talk about this show. And actually, this is this is probably the best it's ever been, the best it's ever gotten. Like, we, we almost have a full house, and I'm super happy about that. And I guess we'll just get into it. Like, we'll, we'll jump into the opening of the film. So the, the film, it opens up with Sogo Tokiwa walking home with his friends when out of nowhere he is ambushed by Gates' time machine. During the attack, another Denliner appears from the time stream and crash lands. The super time jacker Kid walks out of another Denliner and proclaims that he will destroy the legacy of the Heisei Kamen Riders. Another Denno emerges and attacks Sogo, who has apparently lost his memories of being Kamen Rider Geo. However, once Sogo touches his dropped Geo ride watch, his memories return. Now with his memory restored, he and Gates transform to fight, but another Denno escapes. After canceling their transformations, the two are met with applause from a large audience. Tsukuyumi arrives on the scene and scolds the two now because they are late for school. So this is this is kind of the opening segment of the film. We're kind of thrust into the action as per usual with a lot of these films. We basically are introduced quickly to the, the main cast of Kamen Rider Geo, and we're also introduced to some elements from Kamen Rider Denno straight away. I don't know. I, I guess I, I've got a couple things that I, I noted when I first kind of was watching this, and I guess I'll, I'll just throw it out there, and whoever wants to, to answer stuff can can do that, but I guess this might be a good way to kick it off. Did you guys know that the actor who plays Sogo, his name's uh, So Okuno, like apparently he's in a, a select club of actors because he is one of the youngest common writer actors. Like apparently I looked it up and I guess when Philip was cast in double, like he's apparently the youngest one at 16. But I guess the, a lot of these common writer actors are usually under 18. Some of the leads like, like common writer, so there's, there's a number of characters. I, I wasn't sure if anybody was aware of that or not. I know I was not aware of it, so that's why I figured I'd, I'd bring it up to kick this off. He and certainly 40 years too late. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing for me that was, see, uh, confession time, I haven't watched Geo, so ah. when, when we're being introduced to these characters, I have no idea who they are. So what, you know, it's like, oh, my memories are gone. I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know that or if I don't not supposed to know who these characters are. So I was completely in the dark. So I, I just kind of sat back and went for the ride. Nice. You know, and then it said there's an evil den liner and an evil den. I'm like, I know the, I know den. Oh, I know the den liner. So I got that going on for me. <laughs> so I just kind of was along for the trip here. It's all the, the geo stuff. It, it kind of caught me off guard because, I mean, it is a movie, so of course it's going to be its own story. But like, you know, with Sogo, like not, you know, knowing he's Zio and then like the movie pretty much starting how Zio starts at a point. Like it's like in the middle of the first episode with Gates and Misawa, like, you know, not really knowing like 
Zio or Geo is kind of a good guy. I, I watched Geo, but I'm not as far as Derek and Justin are. They they're Justin's current Derek is a like eight episodes behind Justin, and I'm I'm trailing in third. I mean, apparently the film is supposed to take place like in between like I think like twelve and thirteen, like somewhere in the teens of geo and i i i know i'm at least further than that so i i didn't feel like i was in danger of i don't know getting like spoilers for the show that i haven't seen yet or anything like that and and it you know i i guess i'm kind of the opposite of 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 luke because i'm not super familiar with deno so a, a lot of the deno elements i feel kind of like a noob about like that i i may have questions about or that you know that might be something that i need to educate myself about you know because i i was kind of going along for the ride when it came to some of the other legacy heisei characters that show up when they have elements from their i guess shows and mythos and everything like that i, I like how another deno looks is, is he showed up in geo yet oh yeah uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like when he came out, I was like, I, I don't know why I didn't put two or two together. I saw the den liner. I know it's the den liner. And then he comes out and I'm like, who's this weird white dude? And it's like, you know, oh, another, another deno. Okay. My bad. <laughs> I'm kind of the combination of both, both of you guys, because I haven't watched Zio or deno. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I've seen just enough deno to recognize them. I, you know, that that's, that's the thing is that, I like if we one of the, the one of the notes I had is that you know one of the last Kamen Rider films we did we did the Heisei versus Showa, and I know some of the Heisei riders really well, but I know a lot of the Showa stuff a lot better, so I was more in my element with that one. <laughs> Whereas here, like I said, I mean I've, I watched enough of Build to know the Build stuff, but the the Zio stuff was just kind of a blank slate for me. So it was interesting because it was almost like watching a Tokusatsu movie cold. Just trying to figure it out as you go along. So that was that was an interesting kind of experience for me because I hadn't really hit that with to the extent that this one is with one, any of these common Rider films that we've watched for the show. I, I think that was something that I appreciated about this movie because, as you'll find with some of my later line of questioning, you'll find like I had no idea what was going to happen next, and I kind of enjoyed that because I I I feel like I genuinely had no idea where some of this stuff was going, maybe because. Like Luke is saying, like some aspects of this, I came in completely cold and I was like making up my own movie in my head as I went along. And it kind of took a bunch of other twists and turns and went in different directions. But I mean, it's interesting that that John was saying like that, you know, he basically doesn't have any familiarity with either of of those series. So, uh, you know, you would say like, you know, did John lose his memory? But he had no memory to lose, you know, like, so, so, and, and speaking of the memory loss, this is the first instance where they kind of, I mean, it's, it's very fast paced, but they kind of clue you in on, on this aspect of the film that, that a lot of the characters that conceivably you may or may not be familiar with, but let's just say the, the protagonists of, of the film, like they, they have memories and then they, they, they tend to, you know, have lost them, not quite be the, the standard characters that you, you may or may not have known. And like, was that clear in this kind of quick paced intro, like right away, or did it take, did it take a little while to settle in? Cause I sort of, I, I sort of started making my own interpretations and I kind of went down some weird roads, but I was just curious about you guys. Like, did you, did you sort of pick up on the, the memory loss aspect of this, 
sort of introduction to the film right away or or was it something that came to you like later during the view I, I think i got clued in when common writer rogue hit his head and he was like you know I, I never let anybody call me beardy but like five seconds ago he was like you know he remembered everything that happened in the finale of build you know he was like you know i guess we made it too we didn't get eaten and i'm like hold on <laughs> Well, when Sukiyomi like says, "Hey, you guys, come on, we're gonna be like for school." Like, if you've been watching Geo, like you know something's up because like uh, them going to school is like not even a concern at all. Right. See, I didn't know that because I haven't watched all Geo, so I was like, "Does this does this play later on?" And I didn't know it. But now that Derek has said when this takes place, I have I I, I am current as far as this movie's timeline. So yeah, so there's there there yeah, there's never been any kind of school type stuff because and then and then the other thing too is i i had a weird moment where like because she she actually addresses sogo and gates by their last names and i was like and and i don't even think i recognized that at first because like for a moment i was like I, I was starting to wonder already about sort of the meta aspect of this movie because they're they 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 have this introductory scene there's this kind of skirmish and fight and then all of a sudden it's like they're part of a Japanese writer show and you've got this audience applauding their battle. And so I started to wonder, is this the actress? Like, is this, you know, Shiiri Ohata, like playing herself, like scolding the actors that they're going to be late for schooling, you know, on set. Like, like I, I was going down all these weird roads in my head, like in this made up head cannon, which turns out not to be, true at all but it was just one of those things where i was kind of like are they are i'm like is this super meta like are they are they now playing themselves in this movie but that that's not exactly what was going on yeah because like with geo for for those who don't know like you know like luke and john they do these half episodes between episodes and it's basically the actors like uh, derek said kind of being meta and like they're out of character even though they're still in their costumes and they're like talking about how like the guy, like so, who's like the the main writer, is terrible at memorizing his his lines, and he always forgets them. And they'll give you like you know like background information of like you know look at all the common writer memorabilia in the in the in the clock shop and all this stuff. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah they do go very meta in that that series. Yeah. So and and that's a good point. I mean, I mean, what, what Tony brought up, like that that sort of I don't know extra feature or whatever it is that that additional like little side thing. I mean, it's, it's mostly played to be very clever comedy. You know, they, they make reference to directors and screenwriters and they have a lot of sort of in jokes and things like that, where they're, they're kind of making fun of, you know, aspects of things that only, you know, a, a cast would know about, but yet they kind of make it amusing for, for a larger audience and everything. So yeah, that's, that, that's why my head w sort of went in that general direction. Yeah. You, you missed one little thing that that kind of threw me at first, and that was all the pictures at the beginning, where they were showing the pictures of the little kids with the common rider figures, you know. And that was like, okay, is this a documentary of how they felt about it? So like that kind of plays into what you were saying. Is this just the actors? Yeah, it's it's interesting because because I I think that's something I'm gonna bring up later. But there there is an aspect to this film that that kind of reminds me a bit of the the Go Kaiger Go Seizure. Super Sentai, like, great hero battle, because that is not quite as meta as this, but there is that aspect of, like, 
children's love for these properties, but then kind of going through the generations as well. So you have like, you know, in that movie, you have like the old salary man and the young kid, but they both sort of love the, the super sentai mechs, you know, like that's, that's their common point, you know? And like, I, I, I don't know, this was maybe a little less clear other than, you know, I guess you have all these generations of quote unquote fans that love common writer throughout the, the Heisei era, you know, so that, you know, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't really matter who you're a fan of. It's like, we could be fans of Gaim or we could be fans of, you know, O's or we could be fans of wizard or we could be fans of ghost, but the common theme, I guess is supposed to be like, Oh, look, there's a photo of John with, you know, his, his ghost figure art, you know, and there's a photo of Luke with his, his wizard, you know, figure art or, or what have you, you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of notion where it's like, do, do those really go together? Like maybe, maybe not like very sort of 10,000 foot level ish, I guess. Yeah. I mean that, that, that really plays out kind of in the last reel. You know, there's 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 one shot in particular during the big fight at the end where that that plays out very literally, which will I'll point out when we get to that point. So I, I think John's on the on the money because that was kind of my thought, too, was not knowing the context of the pictures. I assumed, OK, this has got to be a character in the film and they're a common Rider fan because it's not uncommon in tokusatsu for there to be especially going back to the Showa period. For there to be a character, a young character that is a fan of the hero. In fact, there's there's a very well-known bit in the original Kikaida where there is a kid that actually plays as Kikaida fighting invisible monsters on the playground. And then I always, always think of in, there's an episode towards the end of Ultraman where Pigmon, it's where, it's where Geronimon brings back all the monsters and Pigmon is in the department store and there's all the toys on the shelves of all the Ultra Monsters. You know, so they that 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 kind of made me think of that. It's like, okay, well, maybe in this world, this there is people that are fans of common riders, and it's not just you know. Oh yeah, like in, like in Forza, there's like a whole club at school for for common rider fans. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it makes me think funny thoughts. Like they're in the department store. It's like, hey, kid, remember that that monster that wrecked your hometown? <laughs> get a vinyl doll of him. It'll be yeah, awesome. You got, then you get the Ultraman vinyl oh, yeah. to beat him up and kill him. So it's okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's fun. So it's fun. You're like revenge. <laughs> I, I put my Osama bin Laden and SEAL Team Six action figures all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> next time you're next time you're at the bar, order a order a bin Laden. You know what that is? Two shots no, and a splash of water. <laughs> <laughs> So meanwhile, in the city, a boy named Shingo is caught in a green tornado and falls into the arms of Ryuga Banjo, while Sento Kiryu posits a hypothesis as to what they have just witnessed. They are confronted by another double while henshining into Build and Crosset, while another young teenage onlooker named Ataru Kisanaga happily records the fight Kazumi Sawatari as Grease and Gentoku Himuru as Rogue arrive to help build and cross-ed fight another double. After the group fends them off, Sento and Ryuga wonder why Kazumi and Gentoku have their memories since they didn't originally cross over to the new Skywall-less world. Later, when they realize the young boy named Shingo is missing, Sento heads out to find him. 
At that point, Gentoku loses his memories, like Tony mentioned, and walks off. Kazumi and Ryuga walk through the city trying to figure out what happened with Gentoku and why he and Kazumi have returned. Mitan, aka Misora Isurugi, arrives on the scene and berates Ryuga for not calling or texting her, all the while ignoring poor Kazumi's advances. Ryuga is surprised to see that their former hangout, Nasita, has now had its appearance and name changed to Nasubi. At this point, Misora suddenly loses her memories in a flash and quickly runs off as she doesn't talk to those people that she now perceives as fans. So. I guess I, I've got like a, a sort of a, a note about this, and, and it might lead to a question. But I guess this is like spoilers for Build, right? right. Like if you haven't seen Build, like this kind of tells you everything. Yeah, this kind of reveals certain major plot points of how the show ends and where characters are at the end of it and things like that. So if if you were familiar with Build, you you kind of know. At the, even if you weren't familiar with, say, like, Geo, but you were familiar with Build at this point, you kind of start to realize, oh, yeah, something is up. Like, something's a little strange because you've got, you know, long-dead characters like Grease and Night Rogue coming back to the film. And, like, for me, like, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see all these characters and, and, like, see them, you know, reunite with Misura. But then, like, the the thing that I'm wondering is is the whole playing the memory loss like more of an aspect that caters towards the actors having fun like that they want to have something fun to play cuz i i'm just wondering like are you for me i'm i'm wondering like are you less happy to see a character return if they're an amnesiac version of that character and therefore either not the same character or like literally with like tony's example gentoku is a fully realized, fleshed-out character that has a character arc, and he comes back, and he is that fully realized character for all of three minutes, and then he's now sort of regressed back to, you know, you know, don't call me Beardy, you know, like, I, I, I don't know who you are, like, you know, like, like basically, he's kind of going in reverse, so it's like, are you still happy to see them if they're not quite the same character, or even if, if you think about, like, Misora and banjo or misora and kazumi you know like where they were when build ended versus kind of this status quo of like are you my fans ill i'm leaving you know like type thing you know so like I, I i guess that's my you know i guess my question is like what did you guys think of that do you do you just accept it as part of the convention the storytelling convention of this film or are you a little disappointed that they even though this fantastical sort of reunion of characters occurs that they 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 don't they can't really do too much with it well i mean first of all i've said that like you know justin will never hear her say his name it's never happening i i will say though as far as like a deeper aspect i don't know but for fan service when when greece and you know night rogue pop out and you know they're fighting and stuff I, I even though this show has not even been gone, I don't even think a full year yet. It made me remember how much I missed how great those characters were. Hmm. Okay, and I was like, I was happy to see them. And then at at the point in the movie where you know Gen like loses his memory, I you know it, it it got me interested. I was like, that's what I was saying. Like that's why that moment I was like, okay, definitely something's up. So let's see where this goes, and we'll go into it. But it, it didn't it didn't make me mad at that point. I'm not going to say I get mad, but like I'm just saying, like it, it, like most of these, 
movies, this is where we start to get into like, you know, the mystery and like, you know, in a few short minutes, like, you know, the big bad of the movie. So, yeah, I mean, the thing with with a lot of these, because and, and we talked about this on the Ghost Dixade movie, I believe, where a lot of these, because of where the series ends, it's not like, you know, shows like Matalder or whatever, where the ending is, and I shall wander the earth forever, you know, that kind of thing. Writing wrongs and turning back what, you know, all that. But so because a lot of these shows have a definite ending to do these crossover movies, sometimes they got to kind of contort themselves, you know? And to me, that was kind of the thought with, with, with Grease and, and Night Rogue is like, okay, well, we want these characters because they're popular characters. We can get the actors to come back rather than have them simply be a suit actor and a voiceover. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, they, we'll so that to me, that's kind of like the cost of doing business. You get the cool characters that you like back, but they have to be, you know, they, they may not, they, you can't use their ending because their ending would prevent them necessarily from being there. So it's, the hand wave, you know, that's all it, it is. And that's, you know, I, I'm, you know, like I said, a lot of these, these movies are designed to be just romps and to say, Hey, oh man, he, uh, you know, such and such came back. I loved him, you know? So I was okay with that. I said, I mean, it was, I think that given what we later find out about how this came to be, it, it, I'm, I'm okay with that setup, but I, I agree. It was intriguing as like, why are they there? You know, that one stood out. I was like, okay, things things are definitely strange in this world, but I, I'm now I want to know what's what's the deal. Is it time travel? Is it, you know, is is whatever it is. Doppelgangers, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've already had evil doppelgangers, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we've seen another Deno and another double. So it's like, are these guys also doppelgangers? You know, that could have been an option as well. Yeah. And I and just a real quick comment. One thing I love about Geo is the designs for the uh, other another writer is they're always creepy and really cool. They they always they they look like if a they almost look like a roid mute to me, you know. Mm. I can that, see that. They, I can see that. Yeah, like like if a roid mute turned into a writer and not into a a full like a you know the roid mutes they started basic and then turned into like a deluxe. <laughs> so. Yeah, they get they get their snap on armor. Yeah. Yep. See. With the title Heisei Generations, I was like wanting writers, not writers and secondary writers from one series. I, I would have rather have seen, you know, a couple of writers from another series, you know, if they could have got somebody to come back. I just it, it, it turns into a Zio build movie at this point, which I wasn't quite expecting. And, and that was some of my frustration with it, I think. That definitely seems to turn into the case at some point where it's like, oh, wait. This is just just like a cross movie between the current series and the last series. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I thought I, I'm of the same opinion because yeah. I'm again I'm remembering back to like again when we did Showa versus Heisei. You know that that covered the breadth and width of both the Showa riders and the Heisei riders, and individual riders got a chance to shine in that, and it wasn't just a uh, you know the last two crossover typical type of thing. Like yeah, I, I, I remember thinking that. in that one specifically, I thought it was great that Forza, who at that point was several years past, got not only a chance to shine, but like a showcase bit and got to yell, I got to go save my buddies, which I remember Derek really liked. Of course. You know? Of course. <laughs> yeah, he, he got his little bit of shine. I agree with this line of thought. Like it is called, you know, Hey, State Generations Forever. So I would have liked more returning Heisei writers, like not just suit actors and some old audio clips, mm. 
But I guess... Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've been watching Geo, like, some past writers have been showing up. So I guess that's kind of like, you know, they're throwing you a bone. It's like, oh, well, we couldn't get Blade in the Pacey Generations movie, but here's Blade for two episodes of the series. So it's kind of like, eh, oh, okay. But, I mean, this is like... This is supposed to be like the big send-off, so I was expecting more returning writers. So you know what's interesting? Like I, I get and appreciate where you guys are coming from. Like, I, and and I, I see the aspect of it that's conceivably like false advertising. But like, I feel like the last film we covered said it was the final, final, last, final, 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 final thing, and then this got announced, and I was like, wait a minute, you told us last year that the last thing was the final, final, final thing, and now you're telling us this is the final, final thing, and then when I watched it and realized, ah, this is just a, to me, I was like, I was like, I wasn't, it wasn't in a bad way, but I was like, oh, this is really just a, a build Zio, you know, team-up movie like they, they always do every year, and then I was like, oh, well, then they weren't lying to me about the last one because the last one was the final, 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 final thing. It's only the name of this is a little misleading because it's like, you know, forever. But it's like, I, I I don't know. I mean, I get it thematically. I think they just mean like as long as you, you know, e- even if it's the, the juice box voice recordings, like as long as you remember the writers in your heart, like it's it's a good thing type thing. But I guess uh, maybe I'm the, the, the counter opinion to that. It's like whatever. Field of Dreams, you know? Made us all believe again. If if you hitch in it, you will change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if your if your driver still has batteries in it and you still got the right <laughs> the right ring or car to use with it, you're okay. <laughs> Coming soon to Fanholes Podcast, Common Rider Costner. <laughs> Maybe the next Common Rider will be baseball. <laughs> I can see it. All, all seriousness, a sports, a sports-themed common rider. That that, might, that that could be cool. Think about you know all the different sport that's popular in Japan. You could do a baseball one. You could do a volleyball one. You could do a sumo one. You could. I, do, I had uh, a really bad idea called. You guys can make fun of me because I I have too much time on my hands. I guess in my brain. But I was thinking of like an MMA one called like Common Rider Strike, and he's like a fighter, and he's trying to prove himself, and then like he could have buddies like ones like a wrestler, a pro wrestler, yes. and he could be like you know. Common Rider, you know... It would be Common Rider Grapple! Grapple, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's, like, a boxer, and, it, and it like, it's, like, you could be, like, Common Rider, like, you know, right cross, you know? Common Rider Uppercut! See, the, Tony comes up with, like, good ideas. Like, my idea was just, like, oh, a sports Common Rider? He'll be, like, the Swiss Army knife of Common Riders, where it's, like, you're talking about, like, what is he going to be, baseball or whatever? Like, me, I, he's got, like, a pool stick coming out of his ass, and then he's got, like, a... Tennis rackets coming out of his ears and, you know, like all kinds of screwy well, I, I just, ass shit. My, my thought was just like Gaim, you know, you have, instead of having the lock seed, they've got like a ball seed, you know, or something. And that, and mm. maybe their mentor, maybe when he henchins, he's like a referee. Oh, Van, yeah. Nice. Bandai, nice. hire us, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> no idea, Gaim. We, we we got this covered, Bandai. We'll we'll hook you up for what what's what's the new period called? What are we what are we gonna have to remember now? It's not Heisei anymore. What era is this? Rewa, 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 Rewa. Yeah, there you go.
So hire us, hire, hire us for the Rewa era. We're, we're, we're totally on this. So back to the film. At Hikarigamori High School, Sogo and Gates notice that Tsukuyumi's memories have been heavily altered, and her personality seems to be that of a normal high school student. The young teenage onlooker from before, Ataru, approaches her and refers to her as Tsukuyumi. That sets off Gates's spider sense. Since that is not a name that anyone in the current time period should know beyond himself and Sogo. Sometime after school, Tsukuyumi and her friends decide to head out to eat at what loyal viewers of Geo will recognize as the 9to5DO, or the clock repair shop, as Tony was talking about. And it's now called Mojimoji in this altered world. Gates follows them inside and is greeted by Junichiro, who offers to take his order and brings him a cup of coffee even though Gates politely declines the service. Meanwhile, Sento finds the young boy Shingo and reveals to him that he is common Rider Build. The big bad of the film, Tid, arrives in order to kidnap Shingo, and while Sento will fight to protect Shingo, he ends up getting brainwashed and is forced to do Tid's bidding. Tid is displeased that the so-called quote-unquote fictional common Riders have arrived in this world. He reveals that Shingo is the key to his plans, and Sento literally programs his build phone behind his back. I, I, I will just say that Tid is the most Final Fantasy Tekken-looking motherfucker I've ever oh seen. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. is, that, is, that, is that why I was easily impressed by him, Tony? Am I just... Um, I, I'm... I'm I, I have an allure for all the, you know, like, squall-looking motherfuckers in the world or whatever. Maybe, he man. Well, he just, didn't, like, I say, Tid didn't have a sword gun, so he can't be, you know, too <laughs> squall-like. But Right, right. I, I have to say, when when Tsukiyori is talking to uh, Ataru and Gaze pulls the gun, I love that. <laughs> yeah. No context at all. It's like, that's awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this movie's going to take a really weird turn all of a sudden. <laughs> He's like, why? Why are you talking to my girl? I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah, the the, the next the next thirty minutes is a Japanese police procedural. That's how Drive gets involved. You know, it's like they got some guy gunned down a student right in cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> Law and Order Tokyo Crime Squad. <laughs> I'm in Top Gear, but no, but no, that that was not to be the case. The other one I liked is when he goes into the the cafe, and he and he tries to say his name is. Gates and he goes Gates. We don't sell Gates, and I'm like, is that a wizard reference? Because in the fan sub I watched, Gates was capitalized, like a gate from Common Rider Wizard. I don't, I don't. It doesn't make sense in the context, but there's there's other gags and stuff like that. So I wasn't sure what what if I maybe I was just wishful thinking on my part. Well, his name is spelled G E I Z, but it's pronounced Gates. So I guess maybe I don't know. Like, well, yeah, I mean, and, un- and, unintentional yeah. wordplay, you know. But he's not a gate. You know, he, he already has powers. He does not have potential. But I just said, I, I, him pulling the gun was great. The, I mean, and then the whole bit with the high school, it made me think of Slam Dunk, just a, a high school mm. setting type okay. thing, which I thought was just very cute. And made me really think that, man, if uh, it's hard enough to talk to girls when they confront you up front, oh, are you confessing that you have a crush on me? It's like, <laughs> no, no, I am not. I have to leave now for a totally unrelated matter. Excuse me. Good day, ma'am. <laughs> I don't have a border. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that Forza was going to show up as the teacher. Mm, that would have been really cool. Uh, yeah, that would have been, been cool. 
Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was mentioned in the last like movie that like yeah, he's a teacher now. Yeah. I guess he was too busy filming that Bleach live action movie though. All right, we'll give him a pass, I guess. <laughs> which, 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 which was, you know, not to cross promote, which was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was totally cool. Well, I don't know, I know, I know, Justin feels uh, maybe slightly differently, but I, I enjoyed it. Bigger so, brother. I guess for for me, like I'm, I'm still my my head while I was watching the film was still stuck in that that meta place, and so like I, I was already trying to figure out who this little kid was gonna be, like because I knew he had to be somebody, right? Like that that he wasn't just there for no reason, and so I think I ended up conflating names because I was like, wait, is you know I was I guess I was thinking of you know Shitaru Ishinomori, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, is this like, you know, is this boy like Shitaro before he like wrote Common Rider and like this is how he's gonna get inspired to write Common Rider. Like I was making up this totally like different story and everything. But I guess I, I just wanted to share that because I'm dumb and I figured it'd be interesting. But my my question I guess to the rest of you is at this point, did you have any thoughts about who Shingo was gonna turn out to be at this point in the movie, like without any real major hints that were dropped at this point? I, I will say that, like, it was vague to me. There was, like, an inkling of where things might be going. But, no, I wasn't 100% sure of how things were going to play out. I was like, okay, I think I think I know what's going on here. But I, I was second-guessing myself, basically, at this point. You know, the kid I had... Even, I didn't even try, to be honest with you. I was I was just <laughs> trying to. Because, I mean, it's because it, was, it was interesting. Like, oh, I can't wait for... And I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. Because for a kid that age, so it's like, okay, so there's got to be time travel or something or an alternate universe or something. But as far as making any connections, I was I was like, mm, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to just follow along here because I don't know. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, I had ideas like, you know, that I thought were right, but I, I definitely was like, I don't think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> he had a vest on, so I thought I thought guy. Yeah, he had a vest. <laughs> actually, he's in yellow blue, and he's got the red handkerchief. And and actually, what I thought of was Bishop from the X Men. Yeah, <laughs> should have known it was time travel, mm. right? He's <laughs> like, I'm from your future. Future. <laughs> I'm here to save the past, the future, yours and mine. It, it, it's it's interesting that you should mention that because because after I figured out that Shingo was not the same name as Shitaro and that ruined my whole meta headcanon, my next thought was and and this didn't turn out to be true either, so I'm not really spoiling anything ahead of time. But I I did start to wonder if Shingo was like the young version of Tid, right? You know, like like if, uh... if he would grow up to be the time jacker, you know, because there's so much time travel going on. So that was that was another thought I had that it did not turn out to be realized, but it was something that I, I sort of wondered about for a few minutes while I was watching the movie. Well, well, visually, when when you talk about the the neckerchief and stuff, when he popped on screen, my first thought was like, you know, is the Q Ranger boy here? Is that him? And then I like looked at his face; he doesn't look like him. And then I had a bad thought. Justin may will know my reference. It's a show we watch called Brendan Tindall. And I'm like, oh, God, we don't have a Kenny in this movie, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Kenny's are the are the terrible children in short pants who are in every Godzilla movie. Well, not every, but. Well, to be, if we're going to be honest, Kenny's are actually the terrible children in short pants who are in Gamera movies. There's only one kid character yeah. in all the Godzilla film. Two. There's only two kid characters that really play a role. And that's both of them in the 70s. The, the the whole stereotype of the kid in the short pants and Kenny, the name comes from 
Gamera. Hmm. The Gamera films were a bit more juvenile for the most, most part. It, it, uh, but yeah, but Brandon Taylor just calls any kid who shows up his short pants Kenny. And the first yeah. one I saw was the one where it was it was a Godzilla movie. Well, it's Godzilla's Revenge, yeah. That's that that's kind of the that's kind of the trope the trope maker. Yeah. <laughs> the Gamera had was was uh they, they were they were plying their trade in that for years before Godzilla's Revenge. <laughs> or excuse me, Toho wants to call it all monsters attack now. Still Godzilla's Revenge to me, damn it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I I love I love Godzilla's Revenge, and I can I can at least vouch that in Spider Man there there are, there are plenty of Kenny's to go around. So. True, yes. <laughs> so uh, Ataru uh, walks home and ends up discovering that Sogo is actually following him. So Ataru introduces himself as Sogo's classmate. He also reveals that he has the ability to draw common writers to him, so he knows that Sogo is actually Geo. Sogo doesn't seem quite convinced, so Ataru takes him to Futo City to eat at the Master of Fumin's shop, with the intent to draw out Kamen Rider Double. However, instead of meeting Double, they end up being attacked by another Double instead. Sogo attempts to transform, but another Double escapes at the sight of seeing Sogo's driver and ride watch. Master then presents Sogo with the double ride watch, since he was the one that Shotaro Hidari told him about. Sogo then offers to help Shingo find his mother. However, Shingo replies that his mother is currently in the hospital giving birth to his younger brother. He also expresses interest in watching Kamen Rider Kuga, which Ataru is surprised by that such a young lad has interest in what is now a classic Kamen Rider series. Ataru then reveals he was born the day before Kuga had aired, and Shingo asks if today is Ataru's birthday. And I, I guess my, my only note for this, or plan, was was to sort of go back to that go Kaiger go Seiger thing, because th- this is th- the first element where I feel like that aspect of it is really strong, the whole aspect of, oh, there's, you know, different generations, but they share a love for common rider you know so you you're like sitting there going oh okay well this is you know i guess when they say you know hey say generations forever like maybe it's not necessarily like we're gonna have like you know all the writers in this film and we're gonna get as many actors as we can to reprise their roles but the forever is like you know oh all of us have our favorite writers and we're, we're all gonna you know sort of pitch in to, to, I guess, mentally support them or something like that, you know, like kind of, kind of give them mental support. This was very meta. And I think Luke might agree with me because like, this is kind of like me as a wrestling fan nowadays, my wrestlers that I really kind of latched onto at a certain point, I've been a wrestling fan for most of my life, but uh, during the attitude era, I was, you know, totally on the rock and stone cold Steve Austin, of course, my favorite Chris Jericho. But that was 20 years ago. And Chris Jericho is still wrestling, by the way. Uh, a, a kid who's like, you know, 14, who was watching WWE when he was eight. He, the first thing out of his mouth is going to be like, you know, John Cena or, you know, C- CM Punk. You know, that that's my dudes. And that, that's kind of what it reminded me of is like, this is, a, again, that meta thing where it's like, you know, yeah, I know who Kuga is. He's my favorite writer. Whereas like, you know, in, in a show like Build, you would never see like, you know, Sento be like, you know, like, Oh yes, coming the right Kuga, you know, because it's not a time travel show, so that that's where it does get kind of meta again, you know. Yeah, the the stuff. It, first off, I need to say the noodles they get the Fumin shop look amazing. <laughs> I got so I was watching this on my lunch break. I'm like, oh my god, 
I could go for some noodles right about now. But, come for the come for the karate, stay for the food porn. For the food porn, baby. I mean, and I and I do love a good thing of noodles. That, that's that's neither here nor there. I mean, because I, I agree with you because I'm, I'm in the same boat. You know, I've been a a wrestling fan since I was a little kid, so I've I've seen all these different eras. I know exactly what you're talking about, and that to me is one of the that's one of the things that makes these long running properties so great. And you know that someone who is my age who remembers even watching, you know, the Saban Mast Rider. And, they, you know, that's what got me into hunting down raw Japanese episodes of Black RX when I was in college. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then from there being introduced to, you know, other Western Kamen Rider fans who, like, or who are younger than me or older than me and like different things. And then from that, talking to Super Sentai fans and everything else. Or even, like, Power Rangers is the same way. You know, to hear my kids and kids they're friends with talk about like Ninja Steel or Dino, you know, Dino Charge. And it's like, oh, man, well, I remember watching Mighty Morphin and watching Zeo and it all counts. You know, it's all it's all part of that same milieu. And that's the strength of these of these properties, you know, that they, they are long running and they all still do count. You know, you talk about Chris Jericho. If you were a fan of Chris Jericho and WCW. Or, and you know, the man of a thousand and four holds or the conspiracy victim, or if you're a fan of Chris Jericho, yeah, or if you're a fan of Chris Jericho, the alpha who's been feuding with Kenny Omega, guess what? You still both like Chris Jericho, they're still both valid, you know? Yeah, yeah, you just like a different version of them, yeah, yeah, right. It's it all, it, it, it's, it's all the common ground, you know, and that, that's, that's, I, I thought this, this started uh, establishing, I, I, I'm kind of with you, Derek. I, I, it started making more sense where they were going with this when they start talking about that and the idea that this starts introducing the idea of them and Tid had dropped this earlier about them being fictional and the meta aspect of that is like, well, are we real? Are we, are we not? I really liked that because, you know, there's a, there there is that, that aspect of that, of a fictional, can, can, you know, believing in a a fictional character is something that, uh, that, you know, for someone Shingo's age, he's, he's a young, you know, he's what he's eight. Right. So that, that's the right age for that. But the idea of doing the weather and, and I don't know if it's at this point or not, but Sento says it, well, whether it's reality or fiction, we have to do the right thing. And I, and I just love that. That's, there was a quote that was on Twitter a little uh, about a week ago as we're recording this. And it was one of the producers of Kamen Rider. And he said that one of the reasons that fans like Kamen Rider and the Super Sentai as they get older is that the simple concept of justice exists on these shows when it doesn't always exist in the real world. So I really, first off, I thought that was an incredibly insightful comment because I think it's, I think there's a lot of truth in that. But at the same time, I thought the timing was, was excellent because it played into this, this idea that justice is the most certain thing. Whether we're, you know, when, when Soga and Sento are talking, it's like, well, whether we are real or not, we're here. We can make a difference. You know, that really, I really liked that part of it that, you know, we'll, we'll figure out the details, but, you know, we got to help this kid. We got to stop this bad guy. That's the important thing that we do. We have this responsibility that we're common writers and that's what we do. And we'll sort out, you know, whether, whether we're real or whether some writer created us, we'll sort that out later. That's not important, right? Yeah, now. but your, 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 your main leads in, in any common writer show, be it Showa or, or Heisei, is like they, they have flaws you know they'll have weaknesses they 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 might be scared at first wishy-washy not knowing if they 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 can be a hero and stuff 
but by by the end, like they they are all really they have a really strong center of like you said justice, and they are truly heroic. You know, like nine times out of ten, even though it usually ends up pretty, you usually have a pretty decently happy ending. There, there's times where like you know like your favorite show Wizard, where yeah, like his ending is heartbreaking, but he still he still keeps on going. Yeah, exactly. And I guess this is not me necessarily firing shots across the bow, but going back to what Luke said about it being a long-running property and, and having that sense of continuity between, you know, generations, like literal generations of fans, That that's one thing that I was thinking of where, you know, you've got all these people talking about the 10 years of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm, I'm kind of like, not, not that this is even comparable to Endgame, but it's one of those notions in my head where I was just kind of like, well, shit, you know, people have been waiting 10 years for that. Well, you know, somebody out there has been waiting, you know, 20 something years for this, this film, you know? And so it's like, it's got like 10 other years of, of, uh, of, of fandom and continuity associated with it as well, you know? So it's like that, that, that notion of, of these shows being something that, that has a life that is, I don't know, equivalent to, to properties like Ultraman and Doctor Who and things like that, just stuff that's been around, like, since, you know, before any of us were born, you know, like, type thing, you know, like, so, you know, and, and you know, I mean, I mean, I know for some it's not a huge deal, but, you know, like, we're, you know, we're, we're getting up there, like, that's a pretty big deal that, that all this stuff came out before any of us were born, you know, like, type thing. So, well, I've, yeah. I've always said that the, the analogy I always make is that you've mentioned Ultraman, and, Doc, and you mentioned Ultraman and Doctor Who. The comparison I always make is that, you know, Godzilla is to James Bond as Ultraman is to Doctor Who, you know? And and they're they're, they're both, you know, one, again, primarily film. The other is primarily television. They're both imports here to the U.S. They're both long-running, and they both have, you know, they, they both have been numerous versions over the years, but they in both engender great loyalty and great fans. Because of that, because of that long-running nature of the property that's generational. You know, I watch Ultraman, the original Ultraman, with my kids. And then we can we can watch Orb or, you know, RB or whatever. And it's, you know, it's, it's you know, it's it's the same property. It's just different iterations. And so it all, it, it all ties together. To them, it's all the same, you know. They don't know one's show and one's Heisai. We watch a Godzilla movie. It doesn't, you know, they, oh, is this the one with baby Godzilla? I say, do you mean Manila or do you mean the little little Godzilla? Oh, I mean the one with little Godzilla. Okay, you know, so it's yeah. all it it all it all ties together because it is all the same love of that of that property. I was like, does does that make Indiana Jones uh, Godzuki? Where he's like Junior. Well, you know, I, I, I well Godzuki's not official. He didn't even show. I mean, Zilla at least showed up in Final Wars. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, like we, 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 we joke around as buddies with John because he's a big ghost fan. And most of us, except for Justin, who grew to like it, not a big ghost fan, but we don't have to like ghost and John doesn't have to like, you know, uh, drive. He doesn't have to like, you know, build. We like common Rider, exactly. and that that's like the whole thing. That's what brings it all together. You know, it's like, oh, you don't like that episode or that series. Dude, like, man, it's so good. But, dude, I didn't like this one. So, you know, we're cool. You know, it's like, hey, but we both like this, you know. And, yeah, you just, you find that common ground. Wait, we just got meta, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that's appropriate for this movie, though. This movie is very meta on that, you know, not just the the parts that I really liked about this, the idea of them, the writers questioning, are they real or are they not? But the meta aspects of this, the the property, Kamen Rider as a property is, you know, again, there was, I mean, there there was a time not too long ago when Kamen Rider didn't, was a dead property, you know, but especially yeah, yeah. considering the importance of the Heisei before Kuga, Kamen Rider was something that had come and gone and was not, you know, was, it was an also ran. And it was, it took a few years after, I mean, Kuga was successful, but it took a few years for it, for Kamen Rider to become what it is now, as far as the level of popularity. It's like Dragon Ball Z now, like, like Dragon Ball Z went away for a while. And like, there's all these kids who watch it on Toonami. And there before that, there's all these kids who watch it in Japan. And then next thing you know, they make these movies, they make Dragon Ball Super and everybody's like, Dragon Ball Z again, you know? Yeah. So at this point, Sogo brings Shingo and Ataru to the newly Christian Cafe Momoji, where he finds Gates has now lost his memories and has taken on the role of a student in a last-minute cram session. Later, outside the cafe, Sogo checks his map app on his smartphone in order to take Shingo home, and oddly, Shingo is genuinely awed by this commonplace piece of technology as if he's never seen anything like it ever before in his life. Ryuga and Kazumi arrive on the scene, and Shingo reveals that Sento did find him and told him to run away before being placed under the influence of Tid, the super timejacker. Sento's machine builder bike arrives unmanned, which Ryuga climbs aboard in order to locate the missing Sento. Ataru, Kazumi, and Shingo ride the bus home. Ataru finds that Kazumi highly resembles Otoya Urenai from Kamen Rider Kiva, since both Kazumi and Otoya are portrayed by the same actor, Kohei Takeda, but the character Kazumi has no frame of reference for that particular meta-commentary. The three get off the bus and arrive at Ataru's house, discovering the nameplate is... Hisanaga, Shingo asks for Ataru's name, and he gasps to signify he's made an important discovery. Before Shingo can speak on it, another double appears, and Kazumi transforms to fight him. Another Deno arrives and helps another double gang up on Greece, and they tag team up on him with rider kicks to take his wallet. Another double approaches Ataru and Shingo, but Shingo assures his younger brother that everything will be alright. He jumps in front to shield Ataru, and then is taken by another double. Another Deno lifts his mask to reveal his identity as Ataru from the future. Taking the bike, Cross Zed and Geo arrive at Tid and Sento's location. Sento transforms into Tank Tank form and fights his fellow riders. Build manages to take down both Cross Zed and Geo and prepares to finish them off. However, at the very last moment, he turns his blaster and fires at Tid instead. Tid stops the blast by stopping time itself and escapes. Sento then apologizes to Ryuga and Sogo as he had to feign allegiance to Tid in order to find out his plans. Sento then realizes that the entire fight was actually a diversion designed to lure them away from Shingo and another double. I guess I, I just have a couple comments and not so much questions, but I guess you can speak on, on the, these last moments in the film. But I, I did appreciate, because at first I was, you know, I was kind of wowed by Tid. You know, like I said, he's got his little 
Final Fantasy thing going on, and I thought he was... He, I don't know, th- th- this is unusual for me, because usually when like new bad guys come up on the scene and start poning people, I usually get grumpy, but for some reason, I think... I, I, I don't know, like, I, I, I was a little impressed by his game, so, so I was kind of into it, but then at the same time, I did kind of appreciate that it's like, they, they got their cake and, and, and got to eat it too, where it's like, Sento kind of got pwned, but he really didn't get pwned, because it was just a total fake out, so like, I was kind of happy that, that they, they sort of got to do both, like, they established the bad guy as a major big bad threat, but then it wasn't like, you know, Sento was running around going, ooh, and just got like knocked out for no reason or whatever. And I guess my my only other note about these kind of moments is I, I, I was kind of reminded of the whole, like, you know, Luke Skywalker in the caves in Dagobah vibes, like in Empire Strikes Back when, when like Ataru gets his little you know, the, 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 another Deno like kind of pulls up his face mask and it's like, I'm you, you know, kind of moment or whatever. So I, I, I thought that was kind of uh, appropriately, you know, I don't know, uh, creepy or, or freaky or whatever. Like that's kind of an odd thing to see your own face in the form of your, you know, you, you literally like this, this is not meta. This is literal. It's like, you're your own worst enemy. Like, uh, Ataru is his <laughs> own worst enemy. Yeah. So <laughs> But that's 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 what I have on the last couple. Let's moments. play that lit song. Anyway, I am my own worst enemy. Anyway, I was going to ask Justin actually a question because he was the one who did this to me to where I did. I didn't even put two and two together back when I was watching Build. I didn't know that Kazumi was the same guy from Kiva. And I watched Kiva. I just didn't didn't have that visual recognition. He was like, "Hey, by the way, the guy who plays like you know Greece is the same guy who was uh you know the." the violin you know guy and then kiva and i'm like oh he totally is so so did you like that little meta joke there uh justin i i love the fact that they drew attention to that I, like when they started uh talking about that i was like ooh, ooh that's so cool because like yeah like after i finished watching build i went and watched kiva and i was telling tony because like i think tony recommended that i watch kiva and i was like dude like greece is totally all up in kiva and like dude like if you haven't watched kiva like the character he plays, Otaya, like he's so good because he's like he's such a like ladies man and a skirt chaser, and then he can like play his violin, and then he can like jump into that. He can like do a pratfall and roll down a hill, and then he can do like a really dramatic tear jerking scene. Like he's so good in that series. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of range. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's why I didn't think about it because Greece is kind of a secondary writer and all that, and like. Ota is like a, is a, like a big character in Kiva. Like I won't spoil anything, but like he has a full arc. And it's kind of funny because Kiva is kind of a time travel story too. Because while there's not actual time travel, it's it's it's, it's basically like Arrow. It, it's a flashback show. Half of it takes place at one time, and another half takes place at the time in modern times. I, I love that Sento had a name for his whole plan of double crossing. To, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it Batman doesn't have a time. name. It's not a real plan, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I, I always like that about Sento. I know, John, you said you haven't really watched Build. What What about you, Luke? Have you watched any my Build? or? I've watched uh, uh, the beginnings of Build, and I, I watched enough of it to, to follow the Build aspects of this. So I, I okay. liked that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I do. And, you know, the I, I wish that Sento had the, you know, a chance to, like, engineer a solution to a problem because that's kind of his stick, you know? And he does a little bit. He does get to repair a timezine later when he gets a great line about that. 
you know, a super genius in a time machine. But uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, that I, I, I've had enough of the build background to to follow this, so I thought that was I I, I liked that part of it. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering because like one of the reasons I like build is because Sento, even though he is pretty powerful with his like build form and his various you know upgrades, I, I always appreciate the fact that. Nine times out of ten, he's trying to use his brain to fix the problem instead of just like, you know, I'm going to go punch it. And right. that's like the dichotomy yeah. because that's where you go. Like, uh, you know, he, he he likes punching things. Banjo. Yeah. Banjo. Like <laughs> Banjo's, Banjo's like thought for everything is I want to take my crappy braided hair and go punch stuff. <laughs> Haven't we all been there, you know? <laughs> Eating lunch on our own in the in the in the art room in high school, wanting to go punch stuff. <laughs> more times than i can count <laughs> so what did you guys think of the the i'm you moment you know the whole reveal that ataru is the another deno writer or whatever like did that did that have any impact on you guys did you just kind of think whatever did you did you were you freaked out by it like what what was your i definitely popped for it i thought that was cool because you know we don't really know this guy you yeah. know, we he, we know that he, oh, I have a power to attract riders. It's like, that could be a power that a villain would have, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, maybe right. this guy, and, and it's like, we've already been established that, okay, people are don't have their memories, and we have characters that aren't students acting like students, and that's what the, this guy is saying, he's a student. It's like, and now he's the, he's another, he's another Deno. It's like, okay, well, maybe that, maybe he's, maybe he's working with Tid. Maybe he just doesn't remember. Maybe he got caught up in what's ever causing everybody to lose their memory. I thought this was a neat reveal, and they don't linger on it. It's really quick, which I thought was well done. It's not, oh, to everyone, look, look, it's your face. You know, it's like, no, it was just, oh, yeah, here it is, and it's gone. You know, so it, it has a, it has that that kind of shock value effect to it, too. Yeah, it kind of gave me Common Rider Skull vibes, because, like, Skull wasn't always evil. He had like a tragic moment and he like turned evil. And I was like, ah, I guess I remember. Yeah, you remember, you guys remember Skull, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, the, the, the idea of a writer mask opening like that threw me out of it. <laughs> no, but the word that way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? What? Why? And, uh, you know, overall, I didn't think the, the CG in this one was as good as some of the previous ones either. And, and, and I think it showed there. Yeah, I will tell you this much, John. Probably my biggest like nitpicky critique of Geo Zio is I, I just can't get into how the time machine looks. It it looks so fake. Yeah, they they look bad in the series, and they look bad in the movie too. Well, you know, at the very beginning when when they're flying with those, I actually thought it was somebody stop motion animating them. <laughs> you know, it was like a fan thing yeah. because of the the pictures and stuff at the beginning. And, and it was going to be this, oh, hey, we're making a film. And then they were like shooting pictures, you know, at the stage. That, that's what I thought it was going to turn out to be. Yeah, they I don't I don't know, like if they're the, the budget goes to the costumes or because there's so many other actors they have to hire to like play the older writers and or what. But like I will say probably Geo Zio's like biggest flaw is the the, the CGI is not great. It's not, especially yeah. compared to something like X8, which had honestly, in my opinion, really great CGI. It looked like a video game. Which yeah, I think that helped too because it had the it could have the video gamey look because that was in theme for X8. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the CG in this doesn't look appreciably better than the CG from Wizard, 
which was five, six years ago now. So that's yeah. not that's not a good thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would say, and they're they're, they're it, this show is even further back than Wizard, but I mean, like I I was trying to educate myself a little bit on Deno, and I was trying to watch some stuff before we we got on to talk about this, and I I had the thought of man, that train looks like CG, you know, like, like just, you know, it's just kind of like slapping you in the face, like, you know, Hey, what's up? I'm CG, <laughs> you know, like, like that kind of thing, you know? And, and, and I, I, I feel that way a lot about pretty much like everything in, in geo that's not, you know, real, like where it's the, the time machines or, you know, later, I think we'll talk about another Kuga and another ultimate Kuga. And it's also very much got the same vibe where it's like, yo, I'm CG up into mm. his house. You know, like, like you're just like, Oh, of course you are, you know? <laughs> and the, the thing I liked about the, the reveal at least was for me, I guess I, I thought it was like a magic trick. Cause I spent so much time like looking at the left hand, which is Shingo. I, I was like, who is Shingo? Why is he here? Who's he going to be? I didn't really pay attention to Ataru. And then when it turns out he's one of the another writers, I was like, "Oh, aha, movie! You, 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 you tricked me with your wily magic ways and everything." So I, I, I thought that was, uh, I don't know, for me, it, I thought it was a nice twist or swing mm-hmm. to, to what I was expecting. Yeah, it does totally fit though, because the whole plot of another writer is it's usually some dude in in the timeline who who is actually a good person or has like positive ideas, but they don't come to fruition he gets beaten down or she gets like you know just you know depressed because like they can't make it work so like you know the time jackers come in and they're like you know what if you had a chance to do this and they're like totally you know like what do i have to do and then they like stick their arm in their fucking chest and they're like okay now i'm a monster didn't didn't plan on that but okay (laughs) right right so yeah it, it, it does flow with like the 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 geo concept of like the another writers aren't bad people they just they made a bad decision at the at the worst time <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean that that's their whole deal like they 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 make these you know contracts that uh you know they prey on someone at their their weakest moment right and and i guess they have that in common you know the time jackers probably have that in in common with the imogens you know like that they they both kind of prey on people's weakness, you know, they're, they're at their, you know, at their lowest, you know, point. So, so we've got Sogo and Sento who are returning to Ataru's house looking for Shingo, but Ataru doesn't know why the two would know the name of his older brother. It then dawns on him that they're referring to the young boy that they all just met. Ataru brings them to his room, which is filled with Kamen Rider memorabilia. Sogo and Sento are stunned to see toys of themselves and the notion that Kamen Riders are fictional characters. Ataru explains he brought Kamen Riders to this world because of a bargain he struck with an Imogen named Futaros. Turns out, on the day he was born, his older brother of seven years, Shingo Hisunaga, disappeared. As he grew up and became a fan of Kamen Rider, he wished that the writers would one day come to life and help him find his brother. So, I guess this is this is where I go down the meta rabbit hole too far, probably. The but, loses. Is that the meta, the meta rabbit tank hole, you mean? Yes, the meta rabbit tank tank rabbit rabbit <laughs> meta meta hole. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just like, okay, so the, the premise is 
Common Riders may be fictional characters. But then I'm kind of like, doesn't that make the Imogen a fictional character? Yes. I mean, aren't Time Jackers a fictional characters? They're on so the like, show. How do you, I'm like, how do you, I'm like, how, to me, I was like, how do you strike a bargain with a fictional character to bring other fictional <laughs> characters to life when they themselves are a fictional character? Like, I can't, I, I, me, like right now on this podcast, I can't be like, yo, Q, I want to meet Picard, stat. Like, that doesn't work, right? Because Q doesn't exist. Like, I can't, I can't say, dude, Mitzelplik, I really want to meet Superman. Can you hook this shit up? Like, because he, doesn't exist so i yeah i i don't know like that that but it'd be like if like superman was flying around one day and then missile plate came in front of you and he was like oh i made superman because you always wanted him to be here it's like but yeah but where'd you come from he's like nowhere (laughs) reasons yeah (laughs) reasons because because comics because Because the fifth fifth dimension dimension. that that answers everything with mixelplake Oh yeah, well, that's your answer yeah, for yeah. everything. Mixes pit like fifth dimension. I, I did have one question. Rather um, have Kipla stem than Mixes pit. Like I'm just saying, she, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a giant typewriter than this guy. You know, to, to quote Shag, Mizgis Blends is hot. <laughs> uh, she is because Bruce Dane's Yes, she is. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, what I was going to ask is like, I, like we we've established like there have been fans of Common Rider in various series or or other shows and stuff. I've not seen everything Heisei or or Showa. I'm I'm not, not going to sit here and proclaim I'm that guy. I'm like, I know everything. Has there ever been a show in the Common Rider universe where there is merch where like you could have a Common Rider T-shirt or something, or is this or is this that meta? I'm trying to remember if we've seen a kid playing Common Rider with Common Rider toys. I yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, I'm, sticks, you know, I'm, I'm Common Rider, blah, but I just have right, a stick. Yeah, like, I'm trying, like I said, I, I remember in Ultraman, they had bits where they showed the Ultra Monster vinyls, but I don't remember anything particular, specifically like that with Common Rider. Yeah, it's weird because I'm I'm thinking about like, okay, you've got like Spark Dolls and Ultraman, and then you you know the 199, you know, Go Seizure, Go Kyger film like they clearly have the, the the toys and everything but i i can't think of anything can you think of anything justin no not really certainly not to like this extent i mean like i had to like pause these scenes because i was just like ooh, like he's got he's got all the heisei drivers he's got this he's got that he's got the figure arts i was just like oh my gosh yeah th- th- this guy <laughs> would be the guy getting all the thumbs up on the message board you know <laughs> yeah, I took some pics of the collection. I had to rearrange some stuff. You know, it's it's not great, but <laughs> yeah, and you got shit from like 1970 and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he he certainly does a better job of dusting his collection than me because it looked immaculate. Whereas, oh like, God. if you like go to my room and like run your finger across like the top of the cabinet, like there's gonna be like three inches of dust. I just like that everybody was standing. That's the impressive part. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I got you a look at my Marvel Legends, down. like... <laughs> look at my Marvel Legends, like, display. They're, like, half of them have fallen over because they got hit by, like, the fucking, you know, Annihilation Wave or some shit. <laughs> Nobody took a shelf dive, and, and, and the, the vinyls didn't knock all the other vinyls over, like, a, a bunch of dominoes, right? Figure Lanch. <laughs> That, that, that kid was like, I learned the secret of the common rider is what? 
what's that putty called that you can put on their feet? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, Justin, like you you probably would have to make a deal with Imogen to keep your collection as spotless as (laughs) Atara's. I guess so. See, at this point, I thought it was going to be revealed to be some kind of, you know, they were all parts of his collection and he was somehow calling them to life. Hmm. You know, all the different writers, because I thought that's how, oh, oh that's how they're going to get the other writers in. Kind of like in the the vintage Clash of the Titans, when, when Zeus would take the little statue off the yes. the shelf and put him down in the, you know, in the arena. And yeah, or he, maybe like a Secret Wars thing where they, they he picks his champions or whatever. Yeah, you know, and so each of these battles as they're playing out, he'd go, oh, well, that'd be perfect for Ghost. I'll go get Ghost or I'll, I'll go get Excel and put him here. And that that's how I thought it was going to play out, but it, it didn't, so. I think that would be better than what we got, actually. It's almost, <laughs> I, I, that, I do the red letter yeah. me and think, I would have been better. <laughs> that, that's almost, it's almost to be like he was ultra-living them. Yeah. Spark yeah, dolls yeah. actually do bring them to life like that. But the spark dolls, they look like toys, but they're not actually. But that, that way, I agree. That, that would have been, that would have taken the meta concept in, you know, because then you still could have had this idea that this was the real world and were fictional. Exactly. But... It would say, but it would tie into again, and that, and that's, I mean, that's part of the thing. Part of that generational aspect of Common Rider and the Super Sentai is toys, right? And and one of the thing, one of the reasons that you know so many guys our age like vinyl toys is because, oh well, this is you can get vinyl toys going all the way back for thirty years, right, or forty years. So it's part of that generational aspect. Whereas you yeah. can't get uh, figure arts for you know every you know a, some a vintage figure arts doesn't exist kind of thing you know and you can't get like a hench and cyborg figure arts or something yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> but one, one thing that I, I i will say that like i will kind of be okay with as far as this reveal is the the fact that like you know ataru has his own i guess you know pocket dimension you know like in, the, in my world you know it's like you know like that's why i said superboy prime world like you know there are no common writers. We watched the show. I just wanted you to be real. Like that doesn't bug me as much because especially like in Bill, they they totally established that like all these shows kind of take place in another dimension. Like like Gaim doesn't take place in the same place as Bill. Right. You know, Bill doesn't take place in any continuity because of the Skywall and stuff. So that that didn't piss me off. That was at least something that when they they did that. I was like, oh, bullshit. That's never happened. So, you know, at least, like, I, I wasn't pissed off that that happened. You know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, oh that's, that's just a plot device. It was like, no, they've done that before, you know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't make the I didn't make the DC Comics Earth Prime connection. But that that's a great point because Earth Prime has existed since what? 1986, right? In crisis or a little bit before crisis, right? Pro- probably, probably way before yeah. that, because they I think they, they would do all those stories where, like, you know, I'm trying to think of who it was like Julie Schwartz would show up and be like, oh, hey, we need to edit, you know, such and such comic. And then they'd like fly Julie Schwartz to like, I don't know, the Fortress of Solitude or some, you know, like so, something like that, where they, they, they'd actually have the, the creators like interacting with the yeah. the the heroes of Earth One yeah. or something, and they they'd help them save the day or something, or like you know like the crazy Bob Haney stuff where it's like I think like you know I don't know Aparo's like sitting there drawing the comic book, but then these guys bust in the door just like they bust into the comic book, and then Batman has to like save Jim Aparo or so you know stuff like that. But I would have I would have been totally down with that if that had been it if this was Earth Prime in the Common Rider universe. And all the characters are fictional, and that's how the Imogen the Imogen crosses over 
just, you know, vibrates at the right vibrational frequency and crosses over. To me, that would have been a, a way to do this that would have made more sense, as uh, not to bury the lead. But I, I had to kind of noodle my way through some of this here. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, I think, I think if you were going to go down John's route of, you know, that that he's this, I don't know, kind of puppeteer. You know, Ataro is this puppeteer of all the little action figures. I was like, well, you could kind of rationalize. Oh well, maybe he doesn't have the, the, you know. I don't know, the Habiki figure with voice-activated features, and that's why we we don't get any vocals, or we don't, you know, maybe that's why we don't get any of these, like, real actors in the film, because he doesn't have, like, the civilian figure arts or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, that's that's the excuse. It's like, I, I remember when I used to do that, and I used to craft stories based on the action figures I had, I would I would write in-story explanations of like, oh, wait, I need to get that Batman figure mailed to me. And it's like, oh, well, Batman gets captured. Yeah. And then that's why I don't have Batman for a while, because he's coming to me in the mail, <laughs> which is code for he's captured in the story. You know, like that, you, you invent reasons why you don't you don't have access to certain certain characters or whatever. Yeah, like when I was a kid, like, you know, Cyclops from X-Men looked a lot like Low Light from G.I. Joe, because he was low light from G.I. Joe. <laughs> hey, at least at least he wasn't metalhead, you know? We get that going. <laughs> yeah, he was not mildly, like, mentally handicapped, yeah. <laughs> Poor metalhead. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ataru thinks this is all one big fictional escape from his real-world reality, and doesn't take the threat of Tid and the Another Riders seriously. With the lives of Shingo and Kazumi at stake, Sento is disgusted by Ataru's attitude and leaves. As he and Sogo walk downstairs, Sento discovers a photo frame and stops at the sight of it. Futaros then reveals to Ataru that his powers are diminishing, and the remaining riders left in the world will soon disappear. At Tid's newly created Another Double Deno Tower, he meets up with the two Another Riders who have successfully taken Shingo. He puts Shingo inside a box and declares his intent to correct the world complete. The tower then rises to its apex and causes heavy rainfall. Sogo begins to question if they are indeed merely fictional in nature, but Sento, having had personal experience with leading a fabricated life, reassures Sogo that this notion does not define their humanity and character, nor does it render it null and void. 
The two transform in the rain and fight the horde of soldiers that stand in their way. Ataru is walking in the rain and comes across Kazumi while being pursued and begs him to turn into Greece to help him. However, Kazumi has lost his memory and cannot help him. Ataru is about to be done in by a group of soldiers but is saved by Futaros. Now in physical form, Futaros considers his contract with Ataru complete. Build and Geo fight on but begin to dissipate and wonder if they will fade from existence. Sogo then leaves the fight just in time to see Futaros enter Ataru's body. Even though Cross-Z, Build, and Geo fight valiantly, with Ataru's conviction gone, the Kaben Riders disappear from the world. Sogo then awakens inside the clock shop and explains recent events to Woes. Sento then arrives at the shop, reminding Sogo about the picture frame they saw at Ataru's home. The photo turns out to be a picture of Shingo, which makes Shingo Ataru's older brother from the past. Knowing what to do now, Sento reveals the double ride watch and uses it to transport the three back to Ataru's world. So I, I, I guess this is kind of alluding to what you, you you mentioned earlier, Luke. Like, this is, to me, kind of where some of this premise falls apart a little bit, because I'm like, if Sogo is, you know, quote-unquote, waking up, after disappearing from, say, Earth Prime of, of the Common Rider multiverse, like, you know, wh- you're like, is it the real world? Like, what what is it exactly? Like, did, like, it's weird because you're like, wait a minute, did Sogo and Sento have a shared dream? Are they now dreaming about the quote-unquote real world? Is the real world not real and their world is real? You know, like, and then, or is it just the most simple explanation is the most obvious that Ataru lives on, like, the Earth Prime of the Common Rider multiverse, so to speak? Yeah, because Waze basically says that. He's like, well, how are you going to get there if it's the real world and you can't get back there? Right. And he's like, well, maybe, maybe the, you know, maybe this MacGuffin device can help. Maybe the Matrix can help. You know, open, damn it, open. That's what's funny, though. Like, again, I kind of go back to if you're if you're if your explanation is this is Earth Prime and then whatever your MacGuffin is, the Matrix, Kryptonite, like what what have you. Right. Like, shouldn't that come from Earth One? Yeah. Like (laughs) it's like but what but yet this this ride watch exists on Earth Prime like that doesn't. That doesn't even seem to hold up very well either, you know? And then if you touch it, it takes you back there? Like, I I don't know. They they got the ride watch from Earth-1. Think of it that way. Like, it may be... Okay, either it's a ride watch from the Geo universe, or it's a toy Geshapon from the Earth-1. Either way, it came from Earth-1, right? (laughs) How how did it come from Earth-1? Didn't they get it on Earth-Prime? Well... I'm, that's what I'm calling Earth Prime, Earth One, whatever. Oh, stupid DC. Because, because, sorry to confuse, but like, yeah, well, that, like, okay. Earth Prime is like the real yeah, world, yeah, yeah. and Earth One is some other. Either world. way, like that came from Earth Prime or the real world or okay. whatever. So, okay. either either it's a ride watch from Geo's universe or it's a toy Gashapon from Earth Prime or whatever. Either way, it came from that real world reality, and that's why they can go back to it. Okay. Okay. Well, well, one of the things that kind of like broke me for a second was uh, Waz showing up because I was like, "Oh wait, Waz is like a time master 
you know, a time lord, and his specialty is rewriting the future and making things happen. And why the fuck are you not using him? Like more. I mean, I know it gets more into it, but like I did I forgot Waz existed in like, you know, Geo until he shows up and I'm like, he's like really powerful. Well well, Black yeah. Waz can't do that, but White Waz can write stuff in his book and make it happen. So that's why that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, they're two different characters. Oh yeah, but like but but still like Black Waz does see the future though. Like he says, like, you know, like, you know, this will happen. So why doesn't he like at least say, like, you know, hey, this is gonna happen, guys, you know? <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's so meta that it's not in his little history book. He have you know, like his history his his history book only covers, you know, to go back to the analogy, like Earth One and not Earth Prime. Yeah, he doesn't I'm I'm like I'm 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 still starting a second like does Justin, for your thing to work, like does does the that master guy that they got the ride watch from, like, is he from like the real world or did he get imagined there by the Imogen and then the watch technically doesn't come from the real world or, or it's still just a toy or it can be either or. I I would say that the imagine, you know, he brought Sogo and Sento to earth prime or whatever. And I assume that he brought the Roman master with him to go along with all that, right? But either way, I mean... So then so then, technically the Ride Watch comes from their own dimension, not the other dimension, I guess. But well, I but know. You, you know what? Anyway. You know what all this says to me? It, it's never... There, there's no satisfactory explanation for this. Yeah, it, it is. You just, have to, you just have to I accept mean, it. I mean, you know, right? Justin, you, you're saying oh, it's a Gashapon. I like that idea. It's a toy ride watch but he's got the he's got a working driver so it works for him you mm-hmm. know i could buy that it's not the toy driver but again th- this is this is we're we on this podcast are providing and this very podcast are providing more insight and more thought into why this works than the writers did you know <laughs> we're, 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 we're explaining the movie oh, for yeah. them we need we need a way to get back yeah sure this thing works can you Why imagine not? being like a 13-year-old watching this in a theater? Losing your fucking I, mind, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. It's so crazy. There's another ghetto, and he's, he's got a twain. I don't know why 13-year-old Luke sounds like Homestar Runner, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm sure they drug that. Um, <laughs> oh, there's another double. And then they were kicking people off left and right. They kicked this one dude back on. It was crazy. Well, you know, to, to at least do a positive thing, you know, like, I, I will say that it was nice that, like, Sento, like Derek said, had that, you know, thing where most of Build, he is amnesiac. He, he is not actually Sento. And it's kind of cool that he, he he does that whole thing like, dude, I've been through this before. Like, forgetting everything is not a new thing to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's been there, seen it, done it. So, so to him, he's... I, I think that's probably the sanest response to some, like, if you if you were actually questioned, like, if, if somebody said to us right now, well, you're, you're just some, you know, this podcast is just some story that, you know, some other person wrote, right? Like, the sanest response to that is, well, like, who cares? Like, let's just be the best fictional so-and-sos we can be, right? Like, I mean, you know? Yeah, 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 because... I was reminded when Al Ewing 
was writing, I think it was Mighty Avengers. It was one of the Avengers books he was writing. He did a whole story about reality changing and characters and events that previously existed were no longer existing. And I always remember the solicitation text for it because most of the time solicitation text is just, you know, hype and bullshit. But this one I thought was really clever. And so it gave the solicit for the story. And, you know, Marvel, they do all bullet points in their solicits, right? And the last bullet point said, is this story even in continuity? Are you even in continuity? Look in the mirror. What if you're not? (laughs) So that's kind of the same idea. It's like, well, what if you're not in continuity? What does that mean in the real world? What if, you know, what you believe to be real isn't? Or, you know, what what if a writer says, you know what? That that Luke Jacanetti guy, we got to reboot him. We got to make him like you know a lot younger, a lot hipper looking, a ponytail maybe, and they it, reboot you faster and drive like cars and have a <laughs> rocket pack. <laughs> in, in, in all fairness, Luke, I've been rebooted several times throughout my life. <laughs> well, there was that one reimagining. That was that was the really strange one. You don't talk about the reimagining. You just hope the audience catches up, right? You don't. <laughs> First rule of reboot: don't call it a reboot. So. But yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't we don't talk about reboot club. I, I just want to go back to my reality where Harley Quinn wasn't the most popular Batman character. Please take me back there. <laughs> Sorry, we we've uh, we've now entered the rebirth period where we we re- we recognize that that was once uh, a reality, but this current reality does not subscribe to that any longer. Yeah, that reality lost my phone number. I can't call them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh man! But yeah, this this was yeah. This, this could have been. I understand it's show not tell, and so we want to get to the action. But this was this was just nonsense. There's no no rationale for why any of this works, and I don't even attempt yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. This is where the, this is where the bus hits the brick wall, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to me if if like Wizard had showed up and said, "Oh, I've got this ring that lets me travel through dimensions." I'd have bought that faster than I bought any of this. So. <laughs> Well, you know, or or, or is is it's going to come up soon? Yeah, I I, I I and I'll question. I think Justin has questions too. But like, d- d- don't we have a time train anyway? Sogo takes him back to where he last saw Ataru and Woes uses the Gaia library to ascertain the date that Futaros has gone back to, January 29th, 2000. Sogo takes Ataru back to the day he was born, a day prior to the first appearance of Kamen Rider Kuga, the very first Heisei Rider. They go to the hospital to find Futaros fighting with another double. Another double takes Shingo Hisanaga hostage. After hearing Shingo's last name, Sogo reveals Shingo's true identity to Ataru. After realizing that his older brother was trying to protect him, Ataru lashes out at another double. Unfortunately, he is then forcibly transformed into another Deno. Another Deno leaves with another double and Shingo aboard the Another Den liner. At the mummified tomb of Riku, the original Kamen Rider Kuga, Tid extracts its powers into another ride watch. 
Gates arrives in an attempt to stop him from destroying the Heisei Rider legacy. Tid turns himself into another Kuga, and Tsukuyumi comes to the rescue to fight him using Gates's Time Machine. Another Kuga quickly trashes Gates's Time Machine. Meanwhile, Sogo and Futaros follow another Den Liner using Sogo's Time Machine, but they are ambushed by another Kuga, who ends up literally butt-raping them and crashing their Time Machine into the ground. Tid turns back into his human form, and the another Den Liner travels forward to the start of the film, December 3rd, 2018. As it crashes into Gates's Time Machine, Shingo takes this chance to run away from his captors. So, I, I did kind of allude to this earlier, but to me, another Kuga looks kind of like Inferno and Waspinator had a love child together. Like, that's kind of that's kind of what the vibe I was getting with that. Why does he need Shingo? Why didn't he just kill him? Well, that, that, that I think I think that's why I was wondering, is he, you know, like, I had those thoughts as... Does does Shingo become him in the future or something? Because that I, I guess I probably shared your notion of like what why does he need him around? The, the only the, the main problem I had with like this this part I'm glad you broke it up, Derek. You were talking about pacing earlier. Everything comes at you fast, and holy shit, does a lot come at you fast in this part? And it's just like here's this and here's this and here's another thing. And hey, by the way, you gotta deal with this. And I'm like, okay, give me a minute. <laughs> you know. Like how many how many like kugas do we have? How many like what's going on with Tid? Like what what's going on with Shingo? It's like you can dissect it. I mean you can watch it. It's not hard to watch, but it's it's really fast paced. Or was it just me? Am, am I slow? No, no, no. Or... You're right. There, there's a there's a lot going on in here, and it kind of changes. It it changes. It shifts gears a lot. It moves from oh okay this is a story. It's like oh wait no this is the story. You know I I thought I thought this was gonna I thought we were going this way, but no it looks like we're going this way instead. Yeah, yeah, and like it didn't break my mind, but I was like, oh, oh, we 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 just like you know, we went to like you know, 181 gigawatts and went back in time. I mean, I, I end up feeling like Harrison Ford a lot of the times. Like you can you can write this shit Japanese, George, but you sure can't say it. You know, like because it's, it's I I, I kind of feel that way if I have to break down what happens in these films because you're like sitting there going, okay, well then you know they they. It, it it's interesting because I suppose if you're if you're a big fan of Kuga, then you get this moment where they're they're honoring the original tomb, and it, it's almost like you put these new characters in a setting that should be honorific and familiar to fans of the first Heisei Rider. But you know, again, I I don't have a lot of context for that. So to me, I think when I when I watched it first, I. I didn't realize that that was where they were. I, you know, whereas some other fans might be watching it and, and have an immediate reaction to the location. It has more weight and meaning to them, you know, in that sequence. But then like all the battle stuff, like Tony's saying, I mean, that, that goes incredibly quickly. And, and if, if the, the time machines are supposed to be these, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know, the, the, the heavy artillery of our, protagonists i mean they they kind of get smacked around and and beat up pretty easy so yeah like you know well i like as someone who has seen kuga and i really like kuga like going back to basically the very spot where kuga himself was born like that did have a lot of weight for me like as soon as you see that image in the stone like you know like that like that's the ancient symbol for kuga and then you see that little 
slab in the tomb. You're like, holy crap, like they're like, that's the ancient Kuga. Like he's all shriveled up and stuff, but he's got his old driver. Like it's covered in dust and like it had to wait for me. And then so like to see like Tid steal that power and then become this huge, like, you know, Inferno Waspinator kind of thing. Like I was like, holy crap, like he stole Kuga's power and like all like it's kind of interesting to me because all the other another writers they're basically you know guys in suits but like Kuga like another Kuga like he's this huge like monstrous thing and I'm like well that has to be because like Kuga is the very first and like to me that's like they're it's like they're saying okay like Kuga's the first so he's got to be like the most powerful another writer and he's like a giant monster <laughs> Yeah, he, like, started it all, yeah. Yeah, I, d- I didn't think another Kuga was a particularly well-done effect, but I thought it was a very cool design with yeah. the with the reverse jointed legs, the the, the insect-style legs and all that. I thought that was really neat. I liked that also, that it wasn't just another, you know, like, hybrid suit like the other another riders. It was a, you know, a, like I said, it was, it was, he was essentially a, a kaijin, you know, so I liked that. Yeah, it had weight to it. It's like, oh, he he's not that. He, he's this. <laughs> this 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 was the moment where like we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it quick, and then like here's gonna be the next like you know big plot point you know scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. After after all this goes down, basically, then then we see over a campfire, Futaros deduces that Tid has erased the history of the Heisei Riders. However, since Shingo is a singularity point and temporal changes in his past will not affect him, there's still a chance to return time back to normal. Even though Sogo's time machine is wrecked, Sogo reveals to Futaros that his friends, Gates and Tsukuyumi, are coming to meet him. They attempt to travel back to 2018 together, but their temporal systems are too damaged to get them anywhere. Pulling a last-minute save, the really-for-reals Denliner shows up to pull their temporal fat out of the fire. And I, I guess we've gotten into this a little bit, but I guess my only question to you guys is, at this point, I feel like the, the Heisei mythoses or mythoses or whatever the 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 backstories from the heisei writers that this film is most heavily reliant on seems to me to be common writer kuga and common writer deno so i just thought i'd ask because i'm i i admittedly i'm not super familiar with either of those heisei era writers and i i i guess John, you're not because you kind of already, or no, I could be, not right? At all. Like nope, not at all, not right? At all. So, so me and John are in the same boat. But I'm kind of curious. I know Justin's gone into it a little bit, but what what about the rest of you? Like, how familiar are you with with Kuga or Deno in in these instances? Well, I've well, seen all of Kuga and all of Deno, so just yeah. just the fact that they get so much love in this film, like it's one. Of the, I think it's one of the reasons I give this film a pass. And also, like, I would say, like, double is a big part of this film. Like, I, I mean, a, another a, another double, definitely. But I don't know. I kind of feel like double himself doesn't show up that much. I, it's like yeah. when everyone else shows up, like, we see him. And then when they're riding on their motorcycles at the end, we see him again. And that's kind of it. Like, I would have liked to have seen double a little bit more. I, I was prodded to watch Dino by Justin. And I saw the entire series, and, and it is really good. I liked it. I, I, I 
wasn't sure about it, but it, it was very entertaining. And I would say to the aspect of the film, this is why I said, like, oh, we have a time train. Like, Deno is a time-traveling show, too. Yeah, there's the, the thematically, it works to have Geo and Deno kind of say, hey, what's up to one another? Because they both have O's in their last name, and they both time-travel, right? So that's that 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 actually works out pretty well yeah and, and also like there's also kind of a, a like a something it's been kind of diluted because like a lot of the movies do this thing where other common writers take on other forms and whatnot but like dino is unique because he's kind of like ghost he has other forms but they're all based on these four demons and you know like my, my favorite is momotaros no is that, did i say that right justin yeah momotaros yeah, he, he's like a braggart. He's an asshole. There's the, the big bear. He's like a brute force kind of guy. There's a cocky, gunslinging, like, you know, asshole. And then there's like this lie, talkative one who who can like, you know, pull you in with his way. Like his, his catch line is like, let me reel you in. Zio kind of has that in a way because whenever he takes a new form, like he is not, you know, Fies. He's not, you know, any of these characters. He just takes on their form. But he does kind of do the the callback, and I don't know. It, it's kind of weird, you know. It's like I kind of see like how they're similar, but also dim- different. It, it's it's kind of complicated. Yeah, Deno is like the show is like. It, it, Justin can definitely like call me out because he's much more fluent in Doctor Who. But I, I think it's the most Doctor Who of like the the Common Rider series. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, as far as like time traveling and stuff. It's funny, I, I, I don't know too much about it, but I did kind of get a Galaxy Express vibe with the train, except for, I guess, the train time travels and doesn't fly through, you know, the spaceways or whatever. But that, that train aspect was what I ended up thinking of, was, you know, Mattel or whatever. Well, well Dino has a wacky companion who's a female, and, and one of her things is, it's like, she's totally just a regular girl, except she's like, for some reason, she has super strength. And it's just like she is not a common writer. Like, like, did they ever explain that? Just I know she turns into a little girl because I guess the actress quit at some point. But uh, uh, well, she didn't quit. She had health problems, so that's why they replaced her. Oh, that's bad. That sucks. But yeah, yeah, it's weird. There's like a a train hostess who like knows more than she may let on sometimes. And I, I like I like the chief, like the 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 uh, uh what was his name? Like, what was uh, his uh? They just call him owner. Yeah, owner, owner, yeah. He's kind of like, well, you've seen, uh, um, uh, crap. Trying the Common Rider show. Uh, what's the one with, uh, what's the one with the, the happy birthday guy? Oh, O's? O's. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, My favorite O's. show. I forgot. Um, <laughs> must not be that favorite for you, man. <laughs> I, I didn't like Common Rider first. And I was like, like, his the chairman's favorite like project but like yeah like the owner is kind of like him he's like wacky and weird but also he has these weird serious moments too where he's like is he really stupid or is he really smart i don't know (laughs) so i i guess i'll just ask now because i i had this in my notes for later but like what do you think of these deno characters like the the characters that are not the lead 
writer? Like, do you, do you come to appreciate them and love them? Like, for the these moments in the film, I guess. Like, and I'm I'm about to go into like what happens, but basically when they when they go into the the demons that Tony's talking about and the the owner and all these characters that have their little moments, like, are are these appreciated? nods to those characters like are, are are these characters that you have some adoration for like how, how do you feel about their moments in the film i just have to say i, I loved it I, I know these characters and to see them again really was kind of cool i mean from a fan service standpoint it works but if i'm but honestly i thought the entire sequence went on just way too long because it i mean yes it's cool to get a revisit with the deno folks but it really doesn't have much to do with the story at that point. And we've got a lot going on. We've got a lot of stakes now. And then we have a, a little comedy beat with the Deno characters. I wouldn't have minded if that was cut down almost, you know, almost completely, frankly, and got back to the main story. So I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, again, from a fan service standpoint, it was cool. And I, I'm sure that if it was rather than the Deno characters, if it was the wizard characters or the drive characters, I'd be like, oh, that was so awesome. But, you know, t looking at it from the standpoint of the rest of the film, to me, it's out of place. See, I, I love that part, I guess, because yeah. Deno is probably my second favorite Tasty series. So, like, just seeing Momotros and all those guys again, I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And then, I mean, we haven't got to, like, the big part yet, but, like, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it. So, like, Ryotaro comes back, like, it's the actual actor that plays him. And, like, Derek, you'll probably recognize him because he played Rurouni Kenshin in those live-action movies. And, like, no one expected him to come back because he's kind of, like, a, a very popular... He's, he's a big deal. Yeah, so, like... People kind of thought, well, he's too like famous, or he's too busy to come back to to Common Rider. But like, you know, you see him like you see a hand stretch out to to pick up, you know, the other dude, and then like when the camera pulls back, you're just like, holy crap! But, like it's actually Ryotaro. And then they have like the little comedy bit, and you know, when Motros is doing his thing, and he's like, you know, we'll never forget you, Ryotaro. Like, what are you stupid or something? So like, I don't know. Like, I, I like that whole sequence. Like, I kind of wish there was a little bit more. But I guess maybe they could only, you know, get that actor for like, you know, a day or, or two days or something. But but yeah, like it was great to, to see all those characters again. I mean, I guess the equivalent would be getting like somebody like Johnny Depp back on Nightmare Elm Street or something. You know, like that that that's kind of what that's equivalent to. I, I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll go into the synopsis of what happens here in a second. But like, I'm kind of glad Luke mentioned what he did because the, the reason why I asked the question is I, I felt like maybe it was my bad because I was like, oh, well, I'm not familiar with Deno, so so I must not get it because like, I, I wasn't super appreciative of it. And then I, I wondered, like, I'm like, is it that I'm not familiar with the characters? And I like I said, I tried to watch a couple episodes before I started, but I feel like I'm still in the Tony stage of, like, I'm not sure about this show. So, like, I'm still not, you know, uh, and that's why I was wondering, like, do you eventually come to love and appreciate these characters, or do you end up feeling like you do about, um, what's-his-face, uh, the monk and ghost, where you're like, oh my god, like, because at this point, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I, obviously, I'm not educated enough about it, I'm not super familiar with the show, but just from a casual viewpoint or vantage point, I'm kind of like, I can't see the difference like to, to you guys like it was like this great moment and to me I was like 
you know, all right, these guys are kind of annoying. Can we get back to the movie now? And and that's like in 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 you know, I guess kind of what Luke was saying, but in a, it, it, I I don't know because I I wasn't sure if we ever got your answer on it, Luke. But you, are you familiar with the demo characters? I imagine you are. I like I I'm I'm I've I've watched a little bit. You know, it's it's not one I've watched all of. Like I recognize the demons and stuff out of it, but to me, like I said. Because I guess I don't have, because I don't have the, the stronger connection to it. It, uh, the, I mean, I recognize it, okay, you know, as fan service, but it's like, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as like you. It's like I'd like to get back to the movie now because at this point I've been watching this, you know, build Zio crossover movie for more than an hour, and we're taking, you know, what feels like several minutes to catch up with the Deno characters, which is cool, but are they going to play a big role? Not particularly, you know. Well. Well, I, I think the thing is, is like me and Justin, since we watched the entire, you know, show. Right. The the, the characters do have an arc like uh, Mamatros, like he starts off as a braggart. And he's like, he's very hot headed. That's how he starts every fight. He, he's 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 like a very basic character when you meet him. But then he turns into a real character and so do all these demons. And they they have fleshed out reasons they they all have kind of a, a sad backstory at some point the whole thing is is if you follow you know and it's it, it, i i would say it's not actually fan service i would say it's fan appreciation because if you follow you know and you like you know all of these characters and like the main lead and like you know the the, the owner i don't know if we have really got a good deno like callback so maybe that's why it went a little bit long and because they were able to get the actor they wanted to throw a little bit extra in there and maybe it was superfluous to some people but like you know like there's people like me and justin who really enjoyed the show and like you know i like right. well that well that's well I'm, yeah. I'm i'm agreeing with you i mean that's the thing if like i said if it had been you know uh, if they had gone back to the police station and everybody from drive was there or you right. know, to the antique shop, and every, and all the cast of Wizard was there. I'd have been on board with that. I'd have said that's cool. I loved it, but you know, I just don't have the connection. Since, it just wasn't your cup of tea. Since we're talking about Dino, I'm going to jump ahead in the film just a little bit to like one of my favorite parts in the movie, and it's concerning Dino. It's like, you know, when all the like goons from the different Taste shows are like wreaking havoc and stuff. Like, there's a scene where like Momotros has turned into Dino. And he's walking through the crowd with people fleeing, and he like slaps his sword against his shoulder. And I was like, "Ooh, that's such a Mamotros thing to do." Because, kind of like Tony says, Mamotros is like full of himself. He's stubborn. He's irritating and annoying. But like every good writer, like when it comes down to it, like he's a hero. And then the other thing I really like about that scene is he's singing like climax jump. He's singing like the Dino opening theme song. And I just love that. Like, like to me, you want to talk about like fanboy little moments where you're just like, oh my god. Like to me, like when he's singing "Climax Jump," I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. So we go back to present day, and Sento and Ryuga confront Tid, who's furious that these so-called fictional entities still exist. The two transform into Rabbit Rabbit and Crossed Magma and fight Tid's soldiers. After taking the fight outside, Sento sees Sogo and his team return with the Denliner's help. Sogo 
Gates and Futaros confront Tid and the Another Riders. Sogo and Gates attempt to transform, but Tid time freezes them and six his soldiers on them. Futaros attempts to get through to Ataro in another Deno by appealing to Ataro's love for his older brother. Before another Deno is able to finish Futaros off, everyone in the room, with the exception of Tid, are transported to safety by common rider Deno. The other Deno, Imogen, as we were just talking about, Momotaros, Kintaros, Ryutaros, and Yurataros take turns fighting the soldiers and defeating another Deno. With another Deno's defeat, Ataro is restored back to normal. Rotaro Nogomi helps up Ataru and reveals that common Riders will continue to exist as long as people retain their memories of them. He then transports the team away and we're left with the comedy spotlight on the Deno cast. The four return to the tower and with Ataru's conviction now at its peak, all the Riders with missing memories return. We start with Kazumi and Gentoku who transform into Grease and Rogue to defend Mitan and the country. Two children are ambushed by a pair of soldiers but their cry for help summons Common Rider X8 and Common Rider Ghost to their rescue. As two men are about to be attacked, Common Rider Double appears to save them. A young man encourages two boys to believe in the Common Riders, which results in him summoning Common Rider Kuga, who gives the crowd a big thumbs up. Next, Common Rider Gaim and Common Rider Kiba appear, followed by Common Rider Wizard, Common Rider Ryuki, and Common Rider Akito. After that, Common Rider Blade, Common Rider Fize, and Common Rider Hibiki arrive. Following that, Common Rider Kabuto, Common Rider Decade, and Common Rider Forza make the scene. It's space time! Last but not least, Common Rider Drive and Common Rider O's fill out the ranks with the memory of Ankh and Beltosan at their sides. Momentaros takes over as Deno sword form and eliminates a group of soldiers. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I was just trying to get through all these beats so we can, you know, get caught up to where Justin is kind of. Just going back to the Deno demon characters, like I, I will say, since I I didn't have any familiarity with it, I didn't, I mean, as cool as a, an actor coming back is, and I can appreciate that, like, I don't think I had any context for what was going on, like, I, I until I started watching the first couple episodes, I didn't understand the whole, the, the Imogen possess him when he's a writer, and it's part them that, that are doing the fighting and all that stuff, and I, and then when I went back and rewatch the scene again, I noticed oh, because the, who was it? Urataros is like the Mm -hmm. blue demon, right? And then he's got the streaks of blue in his hair and the blue eyes and everything, and I kind of went, oh, okay, so that's why he had the echo in his voice and all that stuff. Like, I don't I don't think I, I understood that, you know, upon first viewing or whatever. And then, you know, as far as like you know, the the actual fight, like, this is where you, you basically have all the aforementioned suit actors that, you know, come back as, you know, all these various Heisei riders. This is where you're, you know, basically uh, these these different characters are all unloaded into the film. And then, you know, you've got your basic, your, your juice box pre-recorded catchphrases, you know, where it's like, you know, they, they've got x you know, I'll do this with no continues, you know, type thing. And it's like, did, did they get the actor back? No, but, you know, they have a sound clip of them, so. As far as, like, the whole demon thing and all that stuff, is like, uh, hopefully Justin will back me up if I'm right, but, like, you know, the, the the characters represent certain things, you know? There's, like, strength. Well, not strength. There's strength. But, like, Momotaros is, like, bravery and also pride. He wants to finish the fight. The, the blue-haired guy... I'm not going to say his name, Uataros or whatever. He, he is he is the, the intelligence guy. He's the smart, skilled talker. 
so that makes sense that they would go back to that for him to be the one who's like, you know, oh, you can't really take over if I'm here. Because they, 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 these spirits, you know, inhabit Dino, and that's like how he's able to have certain powers. So that made sense because the, the, the kid, the kid demon is impulsive. So like he's there too long, the, the, you know, the identity might get robbed and, you know, he might fight for the bad guys. So, you know, it's like, that made sense in my mind. I mean, am I kind of right on that, Justin? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, it's it just like, you know, I did like seeing Kiva. I did like seeing XA, but wow, so many juice boxes on the battlefield. Yeah, <laughs> only a few of the actors like provide like new voice clips. Everyone else is like just like a, you know, clip from an old episode or something. But like, yeah, it's it's, it's their catchphrase, basically, right? Yeah, but like Agito, Ryuki, Decade and Ghost, they provide some new audio clips. Everyone else is just like, you know, old catchphrases or whatnot. What do you guys think of the, the time jacked cannon fodder soldiers? Like just basically the fact that you've got like, you know, I guess foot soldiers from all the different eras. Like, was that cool? Was that did you care about that? Like, what were your thoughts on those? Well, 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 well to me, it's like when I see the E guys, I'm like, oh, I remember you guys. Come back here, get your asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool for a while, but then it kind of got old. Like, it, I kind it, of wanted... it seemed like they had a whole lot of suits they were using. Yeah, was part of it. It looked like they had about half a dozen suits that they would just shoot from different angles, mm-hmm. you know, and they were in the same the same. The same, and, and, uh, and some of the suits didn't look like they were well put together too. Sometimes, just saying. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. It, it 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 was it was cool that they brought him back and didn't have either generics or something like that. But you know, again, it was it was all right. I mean that that's kind of the problem with this movie is that there's nothing to me. There's nothing particularly offensive about it, but it's like yeah, it was okay, you know, and that 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 was part of it. Is that I do like well, that. I like the tradition of using the old foot soldiers, but it yeah. you know, they don't do anything particularly interesting with it. it. It is there because it's what you do. Well, I, I think like, you know, the biggest elephant in the room, like all of us who are talking right now, Derek is a, a big fan of Forze. I'm a big fan of O's. Justin really likes Deno and, and Kuga. Kuga got some shine, but he, he was a big fan of Deno. And of course you were a wizard fan mm-hmm. and like, you know, and, I, and we all like Gaim, and none of our guys really got that shine, you know, in the, yeah. in the, the forever, you know, yeah. Right, I, like, I, I was thinking about, again, in the, you know, I, I want to say it was the X-Aid versus Ghost, or X-Aid and Ghost movie, the Pac-Man movie, that yeah. there's a, there's a, there's either that one or it's another one we did, where there was a, you know, where Gaim and Wizard both get a moment to shine and get a chance to show off, even though they're not the stars of the movie, and they're a few yeah, years yeah, yeah. out of date at that point. But here, there's yeah. so many people. Now it's just, look at all these guys. You know, it's like, oh, do you remember these guys? Do you remember Blade? Do you remember Agato? Do you remember, you know, Habiki? It's like, because they're all here. It's like, do you remember Ryuki? And all these guys, you know? So that that's the main focus of the scene. So none of the none of these guys that are showing up here when they've, they've charged up the special meter and everybody's coming in for the big strike, none, none of these guys get a chance to show up. But it, yeah. it's, again, understandable. There's only so much you can do with that. But I agree the people that do get it are not necessarily the ones that I would have preferred. Yeah, right. That 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 gives that but that means that other people got the people they preferred, which is cool with me. 
I think, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get into it here in a few minutes, because I'll, I'll get us caught up to the, I guess, penultimate, you know, epilogue or end or whatever, but all, all, I, all, all I'd say is, I mean, I, I kind of wondered if, if any of you thought your favorite Heisei writer got a moment to shine, but it sounds like the, the, the response is kind of, you know, overwhelmingly no, right? Like, that, that, that people didn't feel that way. I mean, I will say, I mean, I like Banjo, and I, I, I kind of like the moment that, like, you know, he got in Gates' time machine, where it's the both of them, and then they kind of, they I mean, they're the ones who essentially begin the KO, you know, combo breaker, or whatever the fuck they were doing on another another Kuga, you know, or another ultimate Kuga, because, you know, he has his cold wave that is, you know, in in concert with the, the time machine, and then that's what takes out uh, or begins the takeout of, of ultimate Kuga, right? And then and then the other thing that I kind of liked a lot was, you know, I, I, for some reason I didn't expect the drive mobile to make an appearance in this, but it did. So I guess I guess hearing the honks and all that, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like what Justin was talking about when when he heard Deno singing the theme song. To me, hearing the you know honk 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 or whatever, you know, whatever, like that was that was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a little I got a little triter on you know like squeal moment or whatever, right? That that that, that went down. <laughs> you got a twitter on, yeah. I I don't think we've got to it yet, but like I really like that sequence where like. Drive, Fize, and Kabuto were doing their speed demon thing. Like that's that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Well, all yeah, all of the all of the combined final attacks, or all, all the combined not final attacks, all the combined attacks where they're all split up are themed. Like we mm-hmm. had, I think it's because it's it's Wizard and Ryuki, and I, is it Habiki that's with them, and they yes. all have the fire attacks. So it's all they're all you know, that, that's yeah. Their, yeah mm-hmm. So it's like they're all. And again, that that's something we talked about that in Superhero Tizen where the different Sentai teams and Kamen Riders show up and they all have a theme. So it's one, oh, it's all the animal guys, it's all the space guys, you know? So they, when, you, when you have themes that you use over and over, you can do that, you know? And that, and that, that I thought was, a, I agree, Justin, that was a really cool callback to, you know, all the different types of attacks that, and types of and elements that these guys use. I, I think the thing with me is, it's like Derek or Justin, or maybe when you look, had pointed out at one point that in these movies as they progress and they you know do the new new writers and the new eras and all that stuff my guy's not going to get the spotlight you know it's like gaim is you know a great series but you know it's like you know four or five years old now so you know coda is not the main character anymore so even if it's just a suit actor and like i'm like pissy because he's in a you know sound studio drinking a juice box and they're going to use footage like of him talking in another episode it's at least nice to see that superhero costume it's kind of like you know like like oh this guy like draws like a really crappy captain america but it's still captain america and when he shows up and he throws his mighty shield you know it's like yeah that makes me feel good so like yeah, yeah like eva it knows they didn't get a spotlight, but yeah, I could I could quibble and be like, okay, this is Hasty Generations forever. They should get a bigger role, but at the same time, like, has have Kiva and O's really had a big spotlight except that really good film that I like, where like you know O's came back and badass. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but I, I mean, even though they don't get the spotlight, they're still there. They're still part of the story. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, can, I can agree with that. It's cool to see, like I said, it's cool to see Wizard again. It's cool to see Drive again. It's cool to see Gaim again because they're still cool characters, you know? And in some yeah. of these cases, you can, again, not so much in this film because of kind of the, you know, the whole nature of how these guys all exist, but you can imagine how they're coming together. You know, we, we talked about this at Harto, uh, Harko at the end of Wizard is just wandering the earth like an old metal hero character, you know, like like a Showa writer. And that Gaim had his ending and all that, which, you know, they we had to contort ourselves a little bit to bring him back the last time. But it's like you can imagine him coming back like, oh, there's a big problem I got to take care of. Yeah, I'll be there to help. I'll, I'll you know, stand with my fellow Heisei riders against any threat to justice and peace you know so yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with that getting the you know getting those getting your characters back even if it is just in a, a supporting or a bit role it's still cool that's part of the coolness of this you know not everybody gets to be the big damn hero yeah yeah the the the, the premise we were laid out with with it being like you know forever okay maybe a little spotty you know it's more build and more geo but at the same time it's like we do get those moments and, and and I would say like you know, even if no one gets like a big moment like like Kiba, I like Kiba, but he doesn't like you know like bring in all his like you know monstrous forms. You know he doesn't like you know do, do the wolf, the mummy, and like you know the 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 Frankenstein monster and the 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 aqua guy, you know the the monster from the deep. Who cares? Like we we get to see Kiba one more time, and if you see right. him one more time, it's like. Good enough. Good enough. You know, you, you did good, pig. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Speaking of our lead characters, while another double fights Build and Crossed, Sogo arrives and transforms into Geo Double Armor. Of course, Woes gives his customary speech to commemorate Double Armor's first appearance. With the new armor, Geo defeats another double. An enraged Tid transforms into another Kuga and attacks Geo and Gates. Sento ends up repairing the Time Mazines so they can use them in the fight against another Kuga. Gates gives Sogo the Kuga Ride Watch, which he generated at Riku's gravesite before his encounter with Tid. Zio and Bill tag team Tid and defeat him in short order. Our star riders chase Tid back to the tower, but are too late as he merges himself in Shingo, transforming into a giant-sized another Ultimate Kuga. The public cheers on Geo and Bill as the two follow Ultimate Kuga on their bikes to an empty battlefield. Tid is surrounded by a vast horde of time soldiers, but the Hell's Angels chapter of Heisei Kamen Riders appear to help our two lead protagonists clear the battlefield. All the Heisei Riders then charge their final rider kicks in order to defeat Tid and save Shingo. At the conclusion of the battle, Shingo wakes up and is met with the awesome sight of all 20 riders assembled. That pretty much gets us close and up into the epilogue, and I guess... I, you know, I, I kind of talked, because we kind of jumped ahead about some of our favorite moments, so I pretty much covered most of my notes. The only things that I was going to say was, like, I did like that moment, like, after Geo and Gates initially defeat Ultimate Kuga. I, I liked that moment when Gates basically leaves Banjo hanging, like, because Banjo's like, Give me a high five, bro! And and he doesn't even acknowledge him. And then and then I love that that moment Banjo turns it into like, Alright, I'm waving now! I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something else with this, because I totally got shot down. 
I, I got left hanging. I'm gonna do something else now. And I, I feel like, I feel like I'm always like, there's, there's always that moment where you're like, yeah, high five, bro. Oh, never mind. I was gonna just run my hand through my hair. That's what I was gonna do. Yeah. You know, like so. I, I, I kind of laughed at that. It's like when you go, you when you go to one, you go to fist bump, and the guy goes to high five, and you grab his fist, and it's weird, you know. Well, well, I think it's like Banjo as a whole because, like, Banjo's character is that guy that, like, if you give him recognition, he's going to take it too far. And Gates is definitely not a high-five bro. Like, he's not about no, that at all. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was gonna he was gonna shoot uh, <laughs> yeah. shoot Ataro earlier for talking to Sukiyumi. So yeah, he's not he's not high-fiving anybody any soon. You gotta you gotta melt that ice uh, with a flamethrower before you're gonna get a high five out of him. Yeah, yeah. He's just definitely a cold person, yeah. As far as like the the assembled riders and stuff, it's a good visual. It is, it is. I mean, it just is. Is, is it like spectacular and grandiose and like everything you always wanted? Yeah, maybe not. It's, it's kind of like, I, I guess, this is what they were trying to do. They weren't trying to, like I, like you said, Derek, like try to sell you on like the, the, the Kamen Rider cinematic universe. They were more trying to sell you on like, hey, we like doing these shows and these guys, like, you know, all these common writers kind of like each other, even if they don't agree all the time. I mean, then there's been many movies where there's been opposing, like, ideals of how to be a common writer, how to be a hero. At the end, they always say, like, like, you know, I may not like your methods or I may not like what you do, but, like, you're a common writer and I respect you. And it's, like, a respect thing. And, like, you know... I respect that they, like, gave the fans, like, you know, everybody lined up together and, like, you know, gave us a selfie moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They pay it off. They pay off having all the riders there. And I, I did like that, okay, we're, we're fighting in the city. Let's take this fight to someplace much more budget conscious. A quarry. <laughs> Well, you know, you know what I didn't get about that is like so. So quarries are the bad Sentai place to fight. No. So ultimate, ultimate Kuga is like, I will kill you all, and then he kindly goes off to a deserted battlefield where he can kill no one. So yeah. I was just gonna like what, but whatever. Well, I was gonna ask Justin about this. Like, I, I know it's like obviously not Kuga, so it doesn't hurt your feelings but actually did it make you kind of happy that like you know you you posited this idea before with him being the first heisei rider did it make you happy that like kuga was the ultimate idea of like possibly the person who could take out all the heisei riders uh yeah i guess i mean i, I thought it was a nice callback that another kuga got a power up and it was black because kuga's final form is jet black with gold trim it's like the complete opposite it's not like you know red and shiny and everything it's like dark black and in the series like he was afraid of going to that form because he was afraid the the power of the ancient kuga would overtake him and cause him to go out of control so you only see like the the black ultimate kuga like maybe twice in in the whole series but just the fact that they kind of had another kuga become that ultimate black Kuga, like I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. You know, the part I liked as far as Kuga being the, you know, playing on him being the first Heisei, I talked about this kind of, I, I mentioned this before and then I didn't mention it when the scene actually came up. When when all the, when they're introducing all the Heisei riders, they've got the, the oh. older guy and the two kids and he goes, if you're talking Heisei riders, it, and he morphs into himself as a little kid. It says, it's gotta be Kuga, you know? 
putting him over because he's the first one. No, that was Tit's whole idea is that if not for Kuga, none of this would happen. I just thought that as a little throwaway gag sells like we talked about the legacy aspect and the generational aspect of this, but also puts over Kuga as well. I really yeah. like that. It just said this as a throwaway bit, a one shot of that guy being a little kid again, remembering being eight years old and loving Kuga and talking to these younger kids who may not, you know, were not old enough to watch Kuga. Yeah, I, I, I kind of took that as those were his sons, maybe. I don't know if you interpreted that it that way. Like, it, I kind of interpreted I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that, but it, to, it totally could be. The ages pro- will work. You know. So I kind of, I kind of like thought it was like kind of sweet that like you've got like the father and you see him as a kid and he's going like Kuga, and then he's there with his sons and they're like Ryder fans too. Like I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Well, me, me and Derek actually posited this when we did a Gito, and I didn't think about this until Do. Actually, a Gito is sometimes credited as the first Heisei era, but also as a Showa era because it was, it was right in the middle. It's like in the middle of the chain. Right. And but it 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 seems to be more in the Showa era, I guess, as far as people are concerned. And like that's where Geo is now. Geo is pretty firmly in the Heisei era to many people, but it is transitioning. So I'm wondering if like the next series is going to be like the the like you know, Geo is the last Heisei era writer. Yeah, that's an it. That that's 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 it'll be interesting to see how they play it. Will there be? kind of a sea change in the way that the series is produced like there was when you know when, when the change from the Showa to the to the Heisei Riders because you know you, you say that but then of course Black and Black RX are Showa Riders yeah they, they would they would fit thematically just fine with the Heisei Riders you know yeah yeah exactly, to an extent yeah. but yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see that because I, I, I was thinking that myself it's like well you know it's it's the same because because in in the Daikaiju world, that's the discussion going on now with Godzilla, because here in 2019, you know, Legendary yeah, has released seen Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legendary has released a new one. There's the anime. There's Shin Godzilla. So I was like, well, what is the the Reiwa Godzilla going to be? Because the Heisei was such a big change from the Showa, and then there was a whole other era of Godzilla in that same period of Japan. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see how it plays out with Kamen Rider as well, very much. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had this conversation before, but I mean, I, I always did use the delineation of, even though it's still within the Heisei period, the, the Millennium Era Godzilla, and I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm secure in saying, even though nobody refers to Ultraman or Kamen Rider as Millennium Era, I, I do feel like I enjoy the Millennium Era Ultraman and or Common Writer shows, even though nobody really quantifies them that way. But you yeah. know, it's you know, Wizard Gaim, you know, Forza, you know, like uh, Build, you know, Geo, you know, Drive, you know. Yeah, the the back half of the Heisei. Yeah, yeah, shows. exactly. Which which to me, you know, it's like it's like it, they, to me they're contemporaries with the Millennium Era Godzilla film. You know, so it's like I I, I kind of see those as as you know the uh, their own pocket era, even though they they all sort of fall under the the Heisei banner as it was. I I just was gonna throw this out there because I know I know people are fans of Double and everything like, and and I know we we did go into this on the episode where we talked about Gaim in Geo like 
what did you guys think of the the geo double armor like is that something that you were happy with do, do you think it looks hideous like what what, what are your thoughts it's hideous I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really love Double. Like, Double is probably my favorite Heisei series. So, like, I was like, ooh, I wonder what the Double Geo armor is going to look like. And it's dumb. Like, I... Okay, sometimes the Heisei armors look really nice. But, I, I don't know, they, they're stuck on this thing where they want to take, like, the gimmick from the series and put it on the shoulder. And it doesn't always work. Like, a lock seat on your shoulder, like, okay, that looks fine. But a big, like... Yeah, Gaia, good, but Forza looks stupid. But a big, like, Gaia memory or the the Phi cell phone on your shoulder, like, that looks dumb. Like, I don't get that. Like, it, to me, like, it, it would have looked better if they took the, the Gaia memory sticks and instead of putting it on his shoulder, like, put it on his legs instead or something. Like, I don't know, but, like, I was, I was really disappointed in that. Well, why is the build armor so streamlined and, like, functional? Like, have you have you noticed that like Gase's armor always looks good? Do you know what I'm saying, Justin? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Gates like he he gets the like the better armor, you know. And like, no, no, I agree. Like the double armor, I was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck did they do? Yeah, see, yeah, to me, a, it would have made more off. sense to give a double armor to build. You know, he's already got the bisected thing going on. So I I really wanted like a scene where build and double kind of fight side by side because they have like a similar scheme to their suits like i, I right. thought that would be really cool but sadly we didn't get that like hey 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 why, why don't we have like you know o's and common order beast team up they're both animals you know like do that no, but yeah we don't we don't need to start introducing more secondary writers there's enough characters not being you know to just get cameos in this if we yeah. had you know beast and meteor and all that we'd be here forever <laughs> yeah. True. yeah yeah but i mean did, but getting to that point i did when when one of the bad guys was another double i'm like oh build's gonna have to fight him right just and and that's not really the case it's not the big you know the yeah. big, build's big fight is not another double which again from the the duality theme would have made perfect sense yeah. again they, things happen that don't are not always making perfect sense so. yeah they they kind of write themselves into a corner with that because the whole premise of of geo which you haven't seen too much of but the premise is the only way to defeat the another writer is to have the writer watch that's associated with them uh, so it's like yeah. you know he can spend geo can spend all day with the gaim writer watch and kick the ever living shit out of another double with that watch but he'll never defeat it until he you know uses the 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 double watch that's the only way he's going to be able to get like a a kill or a ko or whatever so it's like to me i guess like i i see what you're saying about the the thematic commonality but then you you don't have the I guess it doesn't follow the quote unquote rule book of, of geo, you know, like, because uh, I guess somehow they'd have to give build the ride watch. And of course, you know, I guess these guys weren't asked about making the, the universe thing work. So they're, they're certainly not going to be asked about making the, the ride watch rule work out for another character, even though I'm sure they could have come up with, with some, rationale of why that would or wouldn't work if anybody could design it and build it it would be build though yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true yeah, like yeah. i just whipped this up <laughs> it's a <laughs> I mean, it's thing. a best match <laughs> so i'll i'll go into the i guess the epilogue here as shingo prepares to be 
Taken back to the year 2000, Ataru thanks his brother for looking out for him. Shingo apologizes for the 18-year wait to see him. Futaros pats himself on the back for a job well done and walks away. Denliner departs and the timeline changes. On January 29th, 2000, Ataru Isanaga is born, with Shingo and Akuga figurine and Kuga plush right beside him. In 2003, the two pose with Kamen Rider Fai's gear. In 2005, the two pose with Hibiki gear. In 2007, the two to attend a Common Rider Deno show, posing with Deno himself. In 2010, the two pose with the Cyclone and Joker Gaia Memories. In 2018, the two pose with Geo Memorabilia. In the new timeline, Sogo walks home from school and finds Sento waiting for him. The two are glad to find they both still exist and vow to keep one another alive in their memories. During the end credits, Sento and Ryuga ride off on their bike, and Sogo meets up with Gates and Tsukiyumi. So that, I mean, that pretty much takes us out. Like, that's the end of the film and everything. I, the, the, this part, like, I thought was weird, because, I don't know, man, like, I, I'm, the one thing I'm glad about if these movies are finally done is, I don't like those end songs where they try to combine all the theme yeah. songs together. That like it just doesn't. It, it it just doesn't work. And then and then they didn't even bother. You know, I mean, we're talking about time travel and ride watches and all this stuff. Like, I mean, if you're gonna have a theme song that's you know, I don't know, for all intents and purposes, musical chop suey, right? Like, then, I mean, why not try to pull up a photo montage? that matches the beat of the music of the writer that it's associated with. And and they they couldn't even be bothered to sync that up. It's like they can't they can't have a build title card show up when they're playing the build beat. They can't have a a deno card play, you know, show up fade into when when they're playing the deno like I I don't know. Like I I just thought it wasn't synced up or they could have I don't know, and then and then and even that photo montage, it's like, there's so much material, but it's like they jump from 2003 to 2005 to 2007 to 2010, and then all of a sudden, they jump right up to, to Geo, and I was just like, what the fuck happened to the last, like, eight years? You know, like, where's that? Like, where's the, where's them, a picture of them, like, eating oranges with guys or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like, where's, where's a picture of them, you know, spinning a, 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 the Earth Globe with Forza or something. I don't, you know, like whatever. But yeah. Well, well, that's that. Well, this is the point where I, I I'm going to sound like a huge asshole. His main power is memories, Gaia memory. So why didn't you use him to substantiate the idea of keeping memories personal? Like you know, like hey, we can have memory like Gaia memory like cards for like you know the new guys like you know like x8 and all that and i'm like do you guys forget the whole point of the show was like him recovering memories I, I, am, I, am i wrong i mean like is that no, kind of like no, you're, you're, no that's 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 completely valid absolutely you know there, there's not a push for merchandising of double right now you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Now, who knows what adventures our heroes will have between now and when the series is deemed no longer profitable that, that reminds me of when Wizard used to write those little word balloons over, like, hot comics or whatever yeah. to crack jokes. And I think it was, like, JLA-11 or whatever. It's this image of, like, Electric Blue Superman and Martian Manhunter 
trapped in this maze of the Injustice gang, and 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 <laughs> the, the the word balloon is like, hey bro, why don't we just fly out of here? <laughs> and then they're like, they're like, game over, man, game over, you know. And it's just that's that's what you kind of feel, right? It's like it's like double could could do these things. Like, why don't you just use like your memory power, bro? He's like, game over, man, game over. Yeah, there, there, there are so many common writers who have like these like amazing like you know abilities i mean like even even like x-aid like get him you know he, he could like hack the service or some shit or ghost like go find the spirits of these dead like writers quote unquote and it's like uh, yeah, you know i mean like i get, i go with you guys it's like you know and again i i like seeing these writers but the writing was subpar there, there's all these options that you could use and they use none of them you know for, for the thing about memory they got the engineer and the time travel. It's not yeah, like Bill yeah. even like made a device. So this will store memories forever. It's, it's like a human external hard drive. Nope. I think the title would have been so much more better utilized if it had been Geo Cross Build Remembering Heisei Riders or something like that. You know. It is. It is interesting that they they don't use the. I mean, essentially, for all intents and purposes. The, the the lead protagonists are Build and Geo, and it's interesting that their names are not anywhere in the title. So I, I can understand why there's that that miscommunication or false advertising going on, because, you know, th- that's what the film should have been titled, right? Like, it should have been titled Build and Geo and, you know, their excellent adventure or, what you know, whatever <laughs> subtitle they want to use, right? Like, that's, that's kind of insequential to... to Oh, well, yeah. I might turn it through the bogus journey, but, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah. It was fun to watch, but when you're thinking about it critically, you start asking these questions. You're like, well, why didn't they do this, you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have the, and it's not as crazy go nuts as, like, Shoah versus Heisei, where there's just so many, so many guys getting opportunities to shine that you're just caught up in it, you know? This very, like you say, this very much is... This does not do, you know, the, the bird is saying it does what it says on the tin. This movie does not do what it says on the tin. If you had told me, oh, we're doing a ZOX build movie, I would have been ha- totally happy with this. You know, it, yeah. it's, you gotta, it needs to be marketed in the in the way that is what they're act, the story they're actually telling. And maybe maybe that's being nitpicky, but that's why we're here, isn't it? I mean, I've I've enjoyed what I've seen of Geo, and and I I appreciated the opportunity to see them in a in a film scenario with other common writers and. I adore Build. I mean, like that. I I do really love that show. I mean, it, it was nice to revisit some of those characters. I mean, maybe me being selfish, I I might have appreciated the 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 same, I guess, lavish attention that the Deno moment got on on some of the Build cast, but that's fine. And I, I think one of my favorite moments is when Kazumi, like, you know, they, they, yeah, him and, and Gotaru are going to defend Miton and all those other folks and everything. But I, I like how he's all badass and he's like, I will defend, you know, the, you know, the, anybody. And then he's like, Miton. <sighs> and then he's back into going into battle, you know? So I was like, I, I, I thought that was a cool little beat that he had, I guess. I don't know. But, but, but the, you know, I, I, I think, like everybody's been saying, I you know I found this entertaining, but you know if you if you scrutinize it too hard, it kind of falls apart. So you just kind of I, I think this is definitely one of those things you just have to kind of 
you know, unfortunately probably turn your brain off at most of it and just appreciate, you know, whatever fighting sequences there are and, and, and whatever fan service and nods you, you end up getting or, or, you know, character moments you end up getting as far as enjoyment like yeah it, it, it wasn't bad like i didn't i didn't have any like strong anger towards it it was like there's like moments where i was like not you know enthralled there was like a little bit of word salad it didn't piss me off i wasn't like angry at the movie you know that's like the most glowing endorsement ever that's when it comes on dvd it's like i wasn't angry at it i didn't throw it out of the car yeah. no i would I watch it again i would watch it again yeah i would i like the film I think I like some of the previous Heisei Generations films a lot better. I mean, ultimately, I did enjoy it. All right. Well, I I think that'll wrap things up for tonight. If you listeners out there are still there and you're wondering, what the hell happened to John? Well, John had to run off and, and do some things, but I just wanted to give him a shout out and thank him for coming on with us for as long as he could. You can find him occasionally on the Action Figure Blues podcast and over at tvandfilmtoys.com where he does some reviews. Actually, it, it turns out John was another John, and I stole his powers and defeated him off screen. Ah, uh, oh. see, I, 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 well, I wasn't privy to that, so I, I didn't have the advanced knowledge so we appreciate your efforts in ridding us of the another john menace on this <laughs> episode if you know of other anothers out there and you're a listener email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com so justin can get the ride watch and take care of them for you and you know of course you can find the backlog of our toku thursdays episodes on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com we're on all kinds of crazy social media we're on tumblr twitter instagram facebook we appreciate all the likes feedback shares retweets hearts etc that we receive you can stream us i don't, I don't know if i should be saying you can stream us on itunes anymore because apparently it's going to be like no. apple store or whatever and then what um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. itunes is going away yeah okay yeah. yeah and then you can stream us on stitcher i did set us up on google play and spotify so you can stream us there as well and then luke why don't you tell everybody where they can find you out there on the interwebs Certainly. So if you're listening to Toku Thursday, and if you're hearing this, you are, you'll probably be interested in, most interested in the show I do, which is called Earth Destruction Directive, which is a Daikaiju podcast covering all aspects of Daikaiju history and culture. And I, that is on 2TrueFreaks.com, which is my main podcasting home on the internet. I also am one of the co-hosts for The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, which is a horror podcast that I co-host with my brother, Jason Giaconetti, along with 2TrueFreak OG Chris Honeywell and the Hair Metal hero chris tyler and that is also on two true and then we also also co-host get back to the wrestling finally there's a podcast on the internet about professional wrestling and that is my brother jason and the hair metal hero chris tyler as well and that is also on two true so head on over to two true freaks i pretty much can guarantee we'll find some kind of show that has a topic you'll be interested in absolutely i i do enjoy listening to all those shows so check those out this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. This is Justin, signing off. From start to finish, I'm at a climax. This is Tony, and thanks for showing up again, Gaim. <laughs> Asshole. And this is Luke Giaconetti saying, are you ready for some real magic?
well, now say, John, I think you kids. and my you and I think you and my brother bond over the donut posts a lot. Yeah, we we have a lot Jason. of food posts back yeah. and forth. That's for sure. <laughs> I just know it's John because he's got the the sexy Star Wars red alien who likes to fuck everybody. I only leave that up for you, Tony. Aww. I was going to say that that's not nice to talk about Admiral Akbar that way, Tony. That's. <laughs> <laughs> 